This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Greetings, disaster divas. We are in the peak of Kongzilla month here on Disaster Girls. It is I, Jordan Cruciola, and I am with me, Amanda Smith. And it is, we, God, what an amazing just like rain shower of guests we've had lately. And we have a very, such a special guest today, such a friend of the show, a friend of me and Amanda. Guest, introduce yourself to the to the people and tell them what you have brought us to discuss today. Hello, I'm Matt Kolsky. Um, I'm very, very excited to be here. Uh, I guess I'm supposed to say who I am. I'm I host a radio show, a sports talk radio show in San Francisco, among other things. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, maybe more relevant, a podcast called The Toy Department mm-hmm. um, that is, uh, you know, not a successful podcast like this one, but it is a podcast that exists on the internet. Uh, and I recommend it. I think it's good. But yeah, friend of the show, I think undersells it for me. Yeah, uh, it does. I could not be more excited to be here. Uh, you're both personal friends of mine. Yes. Um, and uh, Amanda, I love you. But really, I also feel the need to say that like Jordan is uh, uh, and she knows this one of my favorite people in the world. And yeah. I, I live in constant desire to work with Jordan. So this is like truly a dream come true. And this I'm is excited. Our, this is our backdoor pilot for our eventual, like at least podcast <laughs> mini series. Yeah. For like, something to do. We need to do a movie pod mini series. We're going to figure it out. Those. We're going to figure this out. Uh, but I'm very excited to be here and also excited for the moment when uh, you bring out uh, Paul Feig and Van Lathan and we all <laughs> sit yeah. down and have a hang because that's got them my waiting, other goal. Actually. They're, yeah, they're, they're waiting just off camera for you. Isn't well, those it kind are... of fucking nuts? Like the sort of all stars that we <laughs> yeah. have had on the show? Like, oh, my God. They're so cool. <laughs> they're so, Listen, it's so it's so wild. I, I want I, I don't want it to seem like I'm surprised that this podcast is successful enough to draw prime time <laughs> guests. Matt, I just also we all are shocked that this podcast can draw these people. I was but, I I love a surprise. So yeah yeah. Well anyway, so my future close personal friendship with Van and Paul aside, <laughs> yeah. uh, Rampage is the movie and. Well, you man, gave me yeah. permission, Amanda, to, to have a mediocre reason for choosing Rampage. Um, I'm sorry. I promise not to look at my phone again, but I have to tell you the the text that I just received <laughs> is from my wife and says, I think the dog peed on the rocking chair. Um, <laughs> not an unlikely thing that could have happened in your household. <laughs> rocking chair. Well, Ozzy's not a big inside peer, but he's getting old. and He's and, getting old. You get relaxed yeah. on that rocking chair, and sometimes the bladder just goes. Who among us? Some, uh, <laughs> yeah. Who among us indeed? Uh, might be time we to put some pee pads down <laughs> on the rocking chair. Um, okay, so Rampage, though, I chose not for, I think, bad reasons. Mm-hmm. Um I was a little surprised it was considered a disaster movie for your purposes. So I thought it would make for an interesting 
interesting discussion about the principles of disaster film. I think that is a perfect, I think that is a perfect conversation to engage with you specifically about, I, I think you are a perfect guest to have that kind of conversation. Yeah. You're a man of nuance. You're a man of the details. <laughs> I do like nuance. Uh, and then also <laughs> The Rock. I mean, I here's the thing about The Rock is he really, have you guys watched The Young Rock on, yes. on whatever? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. He hasn't done anything wrong ever, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Like, from a tequila launch to a a network sitcom to, Mm -hmm. like, a needlessly swearing-filled movie based off of a 1980s arcade game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The guy just, he is winning. Like, the... The adjective winning as used for a performer right. is made for the rock. I mean, even, it, it even his, his, like his, 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 his carefully chosen roles in acting, he is excellent mm-hmm. in, he, in, he's the best part perhaps of the Amy Schumer movie that he was in. He was <laughs> excellent as, as like a, when he was early on and doing ads and getting like sponsorships, when he was like a pitch man where he played like the five different LeBrons in yes. one commercial, like yeah. he was good at that. He's he's just he's arguably the greatest professional wrestler of all time. I mean, yeah, the guy yeah. is the best and he brings he brings something that it's funny. He, I, I did do a recast and I know that oh, yeah. was later in the program. Mm-hmm. I yeah. did a 90s recast. And what mm-hmm. what's funny about The Rock is he gets something that I think, you know, partially we love some 90s action flicks because they didn't get this at all. But like mm-hmm. he knows exactly who he is. Yeah. Yes. And he usually knows exactly what movie he's in. Yep. And I think yes. that really works for Rampage. So anyway, I that was more or less expected. But those two reasons, the the sort of disaster concept and The Rock, I feel like are good reasons to choose Rampage. I, I think that's perfect. I, like watching, as you said about The Rock, like watching this movie, that's where I realized like, up until 2020, I was not, I did not have a particular opinion on The Rock. Then you watched all the Fast and the Furious movies? Then I watched all the Fast and the Furious <laughs> movies. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, I think I love The Rock. And then after that, and then we've done San Andreas and we've really, I hadn't really seen a lot of The Rock's movies, I realized, and I hadn't done a deep dive. And I feel like I've watched- he's Always doing it correctly. He's always doing it correctly. And I'm watching this movie, I realized, I was like, holy shit, The Rock is our last true great movie star. Like, <laughs> it could be true. I honestly Hopefully think there's last. <laughs> I kind of think he is. Like I think that he has that quality that like has like the Tom Cruise quality that no other actor. I don't I don't think there's another actor you can say today who you watch the movie and you're just like I'm so happy to be along for the ride. Like I, I mean I do because Michael I like be trash, but like <laughs> I I yeah. like and that's so like I show up for a lot of movies for that very reason. Right. But yeah. I think there is a monoculture around the rock in yeah. a way that there is not a monoculture anymore. But also there's no other yeah. actor who has that quality that makes you feel inherently safe in the film the way that the rock does. Once you're with the rock, you feel like you're being scooped up into his hand and you're the <laughs> tiny you're 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 the tiny little I mean, Amanda Madame Siak makes me feel that way. Yeah, but he doesn't do it, but not with the qu- the quantity of mm-hmm. films at the right. level. Rock is prolific. Rock is prolific. It's I the, will say, it's I the fully level of, yeah. Oh, just, uh, yeah. There's no other actor who's going to like you. The minute you see the rock on screen and he gives you the smile and that smile is just like, yeah, you know what you're in for. 
You know, yeah. I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to have some wry one-liners. I'm going to be have, have a background in martial arts that you're in, in, in hand-to-hand combat. That uh-huh. That's right. Explained. A mysterious background. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I will say. A lot of redacted, I believe. Uh, a lot, yes, a lot of redacted. <laughs> what were you going to say, Jason? To, to the Michael B. Jordan thing, I think that Michael B. Jordan has that potential and is definitely yeah. that kind of energy but he keeps doing so many boring TV shows that no one wants to watch <laughs> that like it's hard to do it's hard to put him yeah. in that category. And here I think a critical thing Wait, about the rock is hold on, what's in that category of boring TV shows that no There was one like wants the the slaughter or not slaughterhouse five, the um uh Fahrenheit. Oh the one he oh, Fahrenheit, yeah. He, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and well, then he, like and his then, like made for TV work. Totally, okay. yeah. And he, the one he that just barely came out TV. on uh Amazon, whatever it is, like that no everyone's forgotten about already. Yeah. Michael B. Jordan keeps trying huh. to do prestige, and that's the that's the thing. Is right. like he's doing prestige, but it's well. Again, you know what's it's, interesting it's though? It's not the fun. Like Michael B. Jordan could be that level of fun, but you know, respect that he doesn't want to just be charming. His Super Bowl Amazon ad was quite fun, where he's the voice of Siri. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. Though you know, the, like I, I that's just the one young guy. I was just trying to think of young people who could potentially yeah. Yeah. be that level of superstar in the future. Um, but you do have yeah. to want. Right? It. Is there anyone being? Well, is there anyone be. being groomed for that? And and I and I couldn't. I don't think I can name someone. And Amanda's on to something in that you have to sort of want that pop appeal. And yeah. it's not clear that yeah. someone like Michael B. Jordan cares all that much about that. Like yeah. Denzel is a tremendous movie star in a yes. lot of ways, but not in the way that The Rock is or even mm-hmm. tom cruise although i will say even tom cruise did a lot more dramatic work than the rock does like yeah, he stays think, in his lane pretty carefully i guess you know i guess even tom cruise like the rock comes in the footsteps the of the rock comes in the footsteps of will smith essentially yeah. it's like a, it, in the way one. that like will smith like you know the movies aren't necessarily he's he's a family man he's mm-hmm. settled into sort of like his will smith thing he's mm-hmm. he's like really charming on social media i loved Gemini Man. That movie is so pure. Of course you did. And it's so fun and it's so good-natured and looks fucking rad. Like there Gemini Man should have been so much more popular than it was, but the fact is that it's not a guarantee and not that every movie the rock makes is a hit. Like Baywatch had a very high profile. Baywatch wasn't actually that successful. Like it wasn't right. like yeah. attached free, but it, it's not like everything he does like ends up gold-plated even in no. spite of itself. Like but watchable like, though. Yeah, and it can be a sensation. Like it will have a cultural imprint and awareness in the way that even even a a, t- a very expensive, high profile Will Smith movie now can kind of like slide out of the consciousness in the bad. way that Gemini did. Gemini Man uh-huh. kind of came and went for the sort right. of event spectacle action movie that it was. But or he, the other the other future one with the with his kid, you know. Yeah, which was in the the absolute terrible period of M Night Shyamalan where he left Earth and everything he made after Earth. Earth. That's it. After yeah. Earth. Well, after Earth, Last Airbender, all of the, all of the off Earth things were horrible from M Night Shyamalan. Just absolutely terrible time. And yeah. but yeah, I think like The Rock exists in the mold that was set by, as we discussed during the Independence Day episode, by Will Smith in Independence yeah. Day. Yeah. Like that is mm-hmm. the modern action star that The Rock has blossomed into and purely has committed to. Like The Rock's to this point, he's not trying to make like pursuit of happiness. Yeah, he's like, no, I'm gonna. Not. Yeah, like I'm gonna keep doing this, like, and now I'm gonna go be Black Adam. Like, he has uh-huh. a sincerity to him, and he has, like, he's good when you give him grounding material. Like, he had the whole fucking show ballers. Like, he carried right. a show. Mm-hmm. And but so physically, he's, like, I think it's tough for him to do too wide of a range of things, right? Honestly, yeah. Like, it, it, that's prohibitive. Like, he, I think the physicality of him is actually a really interesting point in the notion of the physical 
it's hard to talk about actors and their physical presence without objectifying them, but it like it, it is obviously a part of the conversation. And, and as a physical performer, it, it seems like The Rock plays into what he knows the limits are and just plays them to the hilt because physically, as you're saying, that does curtail actually the kinds of opportunities that you can seamlessly go into. It, it just does. I mean, like he could, he could definitely, I'm sure there's an Oscar bait movie out there about like a football player who has CTE. That's like, right. There's definitely, there's totally. definitely dramatic things he could do. I kind of think that The Rock took also a, look- a movie Will Smith made, but he wasn't the right. football player. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely think that like, there's a, a world in which, and I would like to think that The Rock kind of stopped and went, I don't want to try to get nominated for an Academy Award. I want to be given an honorary Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> and I uh-huh. think that's I, the career path he's decided to go down is like, right. Yeah. And I, like I think that. It, I like that idea, you know, yeah. and it, look, he could change it. If that's what happened, he could change his mind on that in, in yeah. five or seven years Completely, or whatever yeah. and take that role. But, but I think you might be right, Amanda. Did either of you guys ever see be cool, a decidedly oh, yeah. average film where he plays where by he's far the best stealer. role. He's the scene yeah. stealer. And, and that was the moment where I was like, Oh, there's more to this guy than yeah. just mm-hmm. the muscles. And that was a long well, time ago. And so, fucking Southland Tales. I think Southland Tales yeah. actually exists in the same era as Be Cool, where when he was getting started, he was taking these weird roles. Uh-huh. These like weird roles that weren't wildly like that weren't wildly different from the sort of character caricature line that he straddles now. Yeah. But I love that when he was coming out of wrestling, he was making that sort of commitment at the outset, like, I'll say yes to these things. Sure. Yeah. Like that's kind of big fucking swing. Like Southland Tales has been one of those like cult things that's been reclaimed, but at the time it was just a goddamn catastrophe. But yes. the part he played in it was so strange. And I think I, a key thing for me too, will this be, and this is a through line through Tom Cruise as an action star, through Will Smith as an action star. There is the incredible line that The Rock manages to walk, I think better than perhaps any other star, is the combination of extreme virility and near asexuality. Like every, there is going to be a comment about The Rock's body, Mm -hmm. his sexual Mm -hmm. prowess, his dick size, Mm -hmm. in his, his like obvious like commitment to physical fitness in every movie. Like there's the moment in this one where Mullen Ackerman of all people, like she sees him from who is in this movie. She sees him from a distance through like binoculars. And he's like, you see that? Like, you see who that is? She's like a guy who's not afraid of the gym. And then, no, no, but I'm saying there are multiple occasions. Cause then later on, he's fully fucking taking a guy out. He's choking him out. And there has to be a line where he says, that's a big arm. Yes. The rock says that's a big arm. I love it. That is, own arm which I doesn't, mean, doesn't that make you think that they and were look at shooting his Instagram. he makes jokes about yeah. like how he can fuck all night and work out all day and i'm like oh rock you're so cute like wow, <laughs> from yeah. me it's from so me. funny it, yeah. it really is it it's it it, it f- all feels like because I think the wrestling thing helps there right because yeah. it all feels Absolutely. like he's cutting a promo all the Absolutely. time yeah and, and when that scene with Mal and Ackerman that you're talking about it's a photograph and and her like brother or whatever their weird relationship is is, is <laughs> showing <laughs> her the photograph and he's trying to point to Naomi Harris. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he just holds up the photograph and goes, "Do you know who that is?" And she's like, "A guy who's not afraid of the gym." Yeah. He's <laughs> like, "No, no, no, the doctor." No, and no, the one who think... designed our bioengineering technology, exactly. like you, who we sent to like, fucking oh, yeah, prison. The, right. She's like, "Oh yeah, the doctor whose brother we killed." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know that guy. 
All right, I know that woman. And it's like, so it makes me think that they were shooting that scene and The Rock from off camera was like, you know, it'd be funny here. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I completely imagine that as an ad, because I, I don't imagine somebody else writing that into the script. I imagine that moment right. where it's him and the two <laughs> army officers yeah. where oh. he explains what he's going to do and then he has him in a headlock that's and he's like, arm. yeah, that's a big arm. Like, <laughs> And they're like, don't, it, don't, don't it, fight it. it. Don't got fight it. it. That's a big arm. It's <laughs> he 100%. When he said, don't fight it, that's a big arm. That was 100% ad-libbed. There's just no way. Had to be. Because it's, well, it's such a The Rock line too. Like there's certain things that are just so in his voice. Um, and well, yet yeah, also, it, yeah. and like watching Hobbs and Shaw, when there yeah. are multiple jokes about like the room he needs in his pants, yeah, to right. accommodate yeah. being the rock, like, right. and I but and I eat point, it up, I eat it all up. That's well, and I think this is why. I think this is why is because it is. It's this sort of pure uncut masculinity. Yes, but mm-hmm. utterly unthreatening. But in the first scene, when the girl, or you know, the first ten minutes, when mm-hmm. the like young girl basically asks him out yeah he's like nah i'm just gonna go hang with the dogs <laughs> yeah <laughs> which i will say very mad that we did not just get a scene of the rock roughhousing with seven to ten dogs yeah like yeah. I, where was the rock in a I truck was... with like four Be- belgian malinois like I, well, and that who is taking that? care of those dogs while he's traipsing <laughs> about the countryside chasing after a gigantic gorilla <laughs> I And I think, like, all of this speaks to, in the sense of the reality index, the ultimate reality underpinning of this movie is that it is deeply believable that The Rock would commune on a level like no other person was capable with the animal kingdom. Yes. Yes. The Rock would be so charming and benevolent and, like, warm and dominant in his presence that Mm -hmm. animals would conform to his, like, relationship needs, regardless of their desire to, like, keep alpha status in their own preserve, in their own tribe. Like, yeah. no, no, he's one of us. Yeah. I absolutely believe that even after George the Ape is fucking gigantic, he's he's practically King Kong size, that he would still be like, oh, no, that's my friend Davis. And his name is Davis. His yeah. name is Davis. His name is Davis. Yeah. Davis. Maybe Tremendous. one of the least believable things about this movie is that his name is just Davis. Well, okay, did you realize a couple of things related to that? Um, first of all, George is in fact the name of the Rampage character. Yes, yes, um, yes. Also, did you catch they slip in Ralph as yes, yes for the wolf? The, the wolf's name. That was such Ralph. a that was a very surprising choice to like. I guess like where else do you put it? Are you gonna call the alligator Ralph when they're like, yeah, they're calling him Ralph? It was like. So but the, the wolf is gonna Ralph. be Ralph. The, 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 wolf, the, wolf, the, wolf, the wolf was, was Ralph. The wolf was Ralph in the Alli- video game. That's right. Oh, that's the alligator right. was Lizzie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay, 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 okay. And they never, they never got around to that. Uh, although, Twitter would just start calling him Ralph, like yeah. So totally normal. Uh, uh, the realism thing. I guess my question is, like, in a way, this purports to just take place in our world. Now right. it's yeah. our world where there's a space station that they've got a thing that turns a rat into. Uh, a rodent of unusual oh my God. size. Yeah, from, a cold um, open for an R-O-U-S-S on a space yeah. station was yeah. an incredible choice. Throwing yeah. itself through uh-huh. zero G yeah. to try and kill a Marley Shelton with a high and tight haircut, which fuck you guys for just killing Marley no, Shelton. No, I, I loved it. I loved it. I, I, as soon as you said you sent me that text of like fuck you they're killing her and I was like it doesn't it's such a good just straight up alien ri- ripoff of course it is yes. but don't it, put no, Marley fucking Shelton there put I um, love some it. other actress whose name hey, I don't know on. no but you cared about her like immediately and that was I the did key. because that Marley Shelton thing. deserves better right. from Hollywood generally no I I wanted the only thing that I was disappointed about with that was that I was just bummed that once that she's like in the pod and it's floating away and she's looking through the glass. 
I expected there to be the rat's face to pop out again. Like that's the one thing I was disappointed by was I didn't want her to escape the rat. I wanted the rat to be clinging onto it like an alien. Just I wanted full. No, they made it all the more tragic when it was just a fiery explosion of her death. Yeah. Well, and and just in general, the decision to start the movie there is interesting Mm -hmm. because I mean, okay, here's another thing. You mentioned how friendly the rock is. Yeah. So are a lot of other people that I feel like in the 1990s version of this movie would not have mm. been like Jeffrey Dean Morgan mm. is yes. the mm-hmm. friendliest and You're most totally like, right. turns out to be super cool. Yeah. Fe- fed. I mean, he's a fed, you know, yeah. other government agency. <laughs> yeah. An OGA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the rock totally knows what that is, by the way. Um, <laughs> and, and even like the general, yeah, you know, yeah. that they bring in, he's like, brusque and curt and yeah. because he's a general for god's yeah. sakes he's yeah, got a he's lot on his mind of everything but like in the end he turns out to be pretty chill you know everything <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like everybody is friends except of course mal and ackerman and her idiot brother yeah who... jake lacy jake lacy as a bumbling bad guy what a move i mean well bumbling is normal right but bad guy was a twist nothing is crazier in nothing is more unreality nothing is crazier in this movie than the malin ackerman jake lacy character introduction where they're ambiguously connected the entire movie until the end he's like my sister did all of it and it's just like the the presence of them is the most like jarring thing in the entire movie about biologically engineered killer giant every time every time we went back to them and the two of them are acting in completely different films yes (laughs) Yes. thank you like malin is doing every like she's just like fully she knows what movie she's in yeah she's gone full cruella Deville. she's in nothing but impeccably tailored sheath dresses like she why she was hired and she's a brunette she's She's a a brunette. brunette She's a brunette. She's fabulous in it. I mean, like, there's well, a picture time. Scandinavian blonde goes brunette. You know it's going dark. Yeah, I will. Yeah. That's like, yeah, it was it was yes. just impeccable. <laughs> that's she so true. Just, uh, Here's the other thing, though. Like, to your point, Amanda, yeah. she is in it. She gets yes. it. She yeah. is so far over the top. She mm-hmm. can't see yeah. the top anymore. <laughs> and Jake Lacey's in a total, totally different movie. And I guess my question is, well, and here's the other part. In the end of every like sort of potential face-off they have as mm-hmm. apparent co-owners mm-hmm. of this evil, evil corporation, like he just not only caves, but like fully comes around to her viewpoint very quickly every yeah. single time. So yeah. like, why is he in this movie what? at all? So why couldn't she, it just be Mal so that, now that she has someone to do exposition with? Because I think that's yeah, all it Every is, single right? time, it's just every scene in the first few times that we see them, it's just her giving exposition. When she exposits about like, remember that time that I called the Black Ops guys? And you're like, oh, yeah. it's Black Ops are us. And oh, yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, murderers are oh, us. Oh right, yeah, them. Yeah, murderers are us. That's, he's the <laughs> he's us. He's the us. He's the us. <laughs> He really, because like in, in reality wise, there's no way Malin's character mm-hmm. would have kept him around. She no. would have cut him out of the family business and the will years ago and been like, I'm not 100%. keeping this dumbass yeah. in this company. Like that was ridiculous. The, like in my mind, so it becomes like more fucked up in like probably my version of this movie. They're definitely incestuously involved, which is like the only thing that <laughs> yeah. would keep them 
actually together at the head of this thing because they had some weird <laughs> fucked up psychosexual codependency. Because otherwise, uh, there's mm-hmm. nothing that character would waste her energy on to keep her idiot brother around. I mean, you, like, if Jordan's she, really never going to shake the simple favor podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, too many hours. Motherfucker. 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 That's what's going on. Uh, well, and because you, it's so ambiguous up to the point of conversation. It is weird it's like, anyway. Wait. What is going on here? Well, here's the other thing, right? If if those two if there had been like one scene where they made out, it would not have you wouldn't have been like, "Huh?" You'd have been like, "Yeah, that seems that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, it was equally as likely that they were gonna make out that they were going to be related, which is crazy to do. Yeah. Which is yeah. crazy energy to set up and allow to happen for an entire character. To, and I would the entire movie between two characters. And I would argue that no matter it. what the outcome had been, it would have been just as much the biggest issue in the reality index for us. Yeah, it would have been like uh-huh. any Completely. combination of things. It's it would have been like the only outcome that, which is what I kind of thought it was initially was I thought that he was like the young hotshot sort of like finance bro who owned the company. <laughs> sure. And she was the brains of the operation he had hired, who's always right. like, I can't believe I have to work for this dipshit. And yeah, that's, that's it, what I thought that dynamic was. That's, that yeah, that, that's a that's a common dynamic, like what we could be meant to expect. But, but then, that was very quickly dispelled. <laughs> it was, but also then you wouldn't cast Jake Lacey, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. No, you because he, he you, you can't that can't be a Jake Lacey. I know one of the things I, I truly value most about this movie is that Malin Ackerman does. She's so often cast, I think, as something like I feel like she gets thinner parts than I would mm-hmm. like her to see. It's why I really like her on Billions. I feel like she yeah. actually gets something to do. Mm-hmm. And I like her when she actually gets to be fucking intense. Yeah, she's she's always kind of cast to be this sort of like most beautiful person you've ever seen. Like and like they're like a, a a correspondent character around that, like the whole show trophy wife, which isn't, you know, it's built around the contract of that being a trope, but no, let Mullen have an edge. Let Mullen have fun. She and was that so this funny movie actually this. lets her get, I was like, yeah, I didn't realize I so, I didn't realize there was a part of Mullen Ackerman that I could find this intensely just like enjoyable to watch because I'm generally sort of like tepid on her except for again, billions. But this was like, oh my God, why aren't we casting Mullen Ackerman as a bad guy more often? This is a great time. Oh no, I, she's, I've been, if there's something about her that I've always just been like, fuck yeah, she's, if you give it, get, let her get weird enough. I feel like she let can just really weird. get weird. I really want her to go the Margot Robbie, like just lean into the oddballness and let her be a super gorgeous character actor. Like free her from the bonds oh, of, the, Robbie, of the, of the male gaze. I yeah. Malik, 100% like be in a Birds of Prey film as the bad guy and I would be just so fucking on board because I think she would just be so fun. No, instead she was in fucking grim dark Watchmen. So, oh God. Right, I know. And and she had to have have sex to the song Hallelujah. It was just unbelievable. (laughs) And her and Jeffrey Dean Morgan again. Yeah. Per that point, Matt, you're so right. If that were the 90s, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character would have been Michael Ironside and he would have been a bad guy the entire fucking time. I was really, were you guys disappointed that he did not end up being a bad guy? No. No, not at all. Because you always feel like he's a bad guy anyway, even if he's a good guy. So you get the best of both worlds. In a way, it was a little subversive because like you're constantly expecting some sort of turn and he's just like, nah, here's the keys to the helicopter. (laughs) Constantly. I just, when he, when he took the, the the computer and the rat from, from, uh, what's his name? From Jake Lacey. Yeah. Brent. (laughs) 
it was so easy. Is it Brent? Easy. Is it yeah. really Brent? Brent? His name is Brent. Amazing. Yeah, I don't remember Malin's name, but I remember just because Brent is such a good douche. I watched movie. this yeah. movie three times. I have no idea what his name is. <laughs> Does not. Yeah, Brent. <laughs> But yeah, when he took that, I really did expect that to be the one villain turn moment where he like it reveals that the government all along has wanted this technology. Because and I, I that thought that was, I totally thought that was going to happen. I, yeah, because I, I figured that, that's how they would set up the, the sequel. But I was I was surprised. I was a little disappointed just because De- Jeffrey Dean Morgan is such a like it would give him something to do. And right. I but, like, wanted him to have something. He still did it anyway. Like he still did perfect. all of the things that he yeah. would have done yeah. had he been a bad guy. As totally a good right. Guy. Like, Except yeah. without that one scene where he turns bad. And do you yeah. got? Am I the only one who wrote down how he described his job? No, you. I, yeah, I, no. Remind yeah. us. Remind us. When science shits the bed. <laughs> yes. I'm the one they call to change the sheets. <laughs> yep. It's so evocative. It's almost terrible. It's like, oh, that's actually quite gross. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And by the way, that's right before he gives you the first indication that like he's pre- he's a pretty chill dude. Yeah. Because he's walking away after sort of reading them the riot act and exposing mm-hmm. them to each other. And he's like, hey, listen, man, on the real, like I care about your monkey too. I'm really sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry about your friend. And, yeah. and the entire yeah. the fact that the entire time, because like they really play up that whole cowboy thing so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. He's wearing a belt buckle and has a just a pearl-handled pistol so casually, casually hung from his belt right. in a holster. It's like in a spot no holster has ever been placed never. before. Just it sitting is across located. his like front thigh. Yeah, it's, well, it's right there. On directly his foot. At his dick, which yeah, is directly. the last place you would put your holster, quite <laughs> it is, frankly. But it is I, not where a gun sits. It's a very Timothy Oliphant in <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. anything vibe. That's, that's, yeah. 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 And a fascinating thing about Jeffrey D. Morgan is that he always, I'm always almost continually surprised by his physical presence because in my mind, it's like after any time I'm done looking at him, my mind resets. And in my head, he's the size of Joe Manganiello. He's the size of The Rock. He right. actually no, isn't. It, yeah. He's no. a quite like normal sized man, but he has, he has such, a presence. such big dick energy. He, <laughs> that man mm-hmm. fills the door frame. That man is Madang Siak. Like he is so like hulking and strapping. In reality, when he's like, I don't know, what is he like five eleven, normal height, normal weight? Like, yeah, I assume completely... he's like my size, well, thinner. Yeah. But he, <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he, yeah, and he really, he like, he rocks the the sort of three day stubble yeah. look yes. in this. It's all the whole cowboy vibe is tremendous. Yeah. And, and fun fact and... for anybody who didn't already know, he is married to Hillary Burton. Yes, MTV VJ oh. of our youth, and they have one they have a contest. Farm on TRL to be a VJ for a night at the Video Music Awards red carpet, crushed it so hard she got a job. Then she went on to One Tree Hill and now she is happily married with children to Jeffrey D. Morgan. They have a farm and a reality show about said farm. I wish them the best. Oh yeah. I wish them the very best. You know, Jordan, who I would argue is sort of his past analog? Who? Robert Forster. Oh, that's so good. I see your point. Like Robert, Robert Forster... I feel like has a more everyman aspect about him, whereas Jeffrey Dean Morgan feels like John Wayne to me. See, I, I, I maybe it's because I have a little bit of the Grey's Anatomy sort of coding on him because oh, that that's was how I was introduced fair. to him. Yeah, that's but very like fair. he was, he started out as very much an everyman, just like a sweet, sick guy who stole all our hearts. <laughs> I, I having my favorite show to not watch and only absorb <laughs> through the yeah. atmosphere is Grey's Anatomy. I love. 
watching it on Twitter and just and I'm just knowing some of the touch points and knowing there's a plot point about a woman with a missing like whose leg was severed and like just all cr- crazy. There, yeah, there was a plane crash and someone lost a leg. I think her. Well, she's named I after guess they've state. been on. Yeah, Arizona, 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 and then Jeffrey Dean Morgan being this like pure-hearted angel heartthrob guy. I'm like, yeah. wow, what yeah. a piece of history. Was it him he and, was, like, Catherine it, Heigl? It was him and Catherine Heigl. And then Izzy. Wow. Him so and Izzy, is and school. he was... This was the second season. This yeah. was, this was like, th- probably one of the best seasons of drama TV. You're I probably would, right about that. Of, of the last probably 20 years. Like, one of the I, strongest single seasons. I feel like, Sean, I feel like Grey's, Grey's has, like, a gargantuan falling, but I feel like it is still a show that is writing on those, like, first three yeah. seasons of television. But, yeah, and it was that second season was just, and so the second season was amazing. And that's like a lot of the main touch points where people are like, bomb in the chest cavity, second seat. Like these are all those, <laughs> I these are all this. those things. Ghost sex. Well, it, it wasn't, <laughs> it was gonna be good. So this is the- This is a different show than I thought. Sex. Oh my God, this is what and, I'm saying. I love just hearing about Grace. Ghost the way sex. that, yeah. So Denny dies and then uh, Catherine Heigl's character starts hallucinating him and imagining that she's having sex with him. And it yes. turns out she has a brain tumor. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then they brain tumored her off, but she lived, right? She, she lived. lived. <laughs> she lived. She just like escaped. She basically like, she got written off as like having just fled the city. And then it, <laughs> we find out that she's still alive. Um, and I only came into Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Like my entry mm-hmm. point was Watchmen. And he yeah. was so, I mean, he's, and he's, he's very a very specific his presence yeah. is so outsized yeah. in that movie. You're thinking about him to me the entire time and he's in the beginning and then his character's like the first watchman to get picked off but he was so heinously evil just in those short looks you get at him that that is like the thing that is seared in my mind about jeffrey dean morgan it's this movie is such a cacophony of actors well that's the thing oddly it makes it more functional because yeah i I, as it's unfolding before me i'm seeing all these casting choices i'm like what the fuck is happening here but then for some reason the like persona of each one of them that they bring to each role Mm -hmm. makes me really enjoy the performances that they're giving even if it never feels like it makes more sense as i get used to it this is a this is in a in its own weird way a remarkably star-studded film yeah it is like it is the only real superstar i guess is the rock but like Every single other person in this movie is in a smaller role than you'd expect. Yeah, is, yeah. is a per, is is a Joe, person. Joe Manganiello dying by wolf attack was yeah. so. I was genuinely like so surprised because I thought that by the end of it we were going to get a face off with the Rock. And I thought right. he was going to be the human big bad. Yeah, I thought that he was going to be the human big bad who like befriends the wolf and like the wolf becomes his avatar and that's sure. how they, he and the Rock square off again. But no, Much he like just, he has Rock has Joe and yeah. he has Ralph the Wolf. Yeah, yeah. And said, no, Ooh. he just. That would have been an interesting way for this movie to go. I kind of want to see that movie too. <laughs> I thought, I fully thought we were going to get Joe Manganiello <clears throat> riding on the back of a wolf. Oh my God. Oh, like, yeah. Pulling yes. onto the fur with like yeah. the bandolier across his body. Oh. I thought that's where this was going. Yeah, Hello. I totally, I, completely. I'm not mad that it isn't. I was like also just as much in for Wolf eats him in the middle of the woods. <laughs> yeah. That was cool was too. Awesome yeah. That was so cool. It was a great death. I will say, it was awesome. I, I imagined at some point some human would get exposed. That's what like and, yeah. and that like it would have made sense had it been that way. Like he get like Joe gets a hit of like that a puff of that like you know green virus stuff. 
powder yeah. shit. And then, he, <laughs> you know, the virus powder shit. Yeah, yeah he I, communes yeah. with the like and then he gets like wolf hair in it, like eats in just wolf hair or something. And then it all comes together and they become like wolf man unit. That is, I my brain was Wolf totally where Amanda's unit. was. Like, cause yeah. when, he's, when he's above it, like when you see Joe's de- imminent demise and the wolf's above him, I was like, no, this is the point where there's going to be the pivot and they're going to unite forces. Right. But instead he just fucking eats him and it was really cool. It was really great. And, and by the way, the only like visual hiccup mm-hmm. for me was when the the gorilla ate Malin Ackerman. Yeah. Yeah. It and it just like it, it was like better than I thought it would. Yeah. For some reason, that one shot was like, why is Malin Ackerman playing trampoline on a green screen? <laughs> like, this is weird. Yeah. But although, although her yelling, oh shit. Oh shit. The mouth. How much <laughs> needless swearing is in this movie? It this so movie much? could have been PG 13, <laughs> but they yeah. just decided to swear all the time for funsies. <laughs> and look, I'm happy because that that really hits me in the heart. I'm into yeah. that. Yeah. It was surprising though. It was weird. Especially uh, with this being a like like The Rock is very good at being a four quadrant star. And yep. he can also do R-rated. But this feels like it's gonna be one of those four quadrant, like it's semi for kids movies, but it it like collides with actually how grown up its language is the whole yes, time. You're like, just so that- I don't actually know who the target for this was. I guess literally everybody. Or literally us. Literally yeah. these yeah, I four, think it was- <laughs> three to four people, depending yeah. on you know, <laughs> like this. This, it's all too in the service of things like at, at the end of the movie, we're not worried about spoilers, right? No, no. But right after George uh, yeah. fakes them out with the fake death, yes. he goes, he signs, you look like shit. Yeah. And and it, in return, The Rock is like, oh yeah, well you look like big shit. And it's funny, but not necessary. Not necessary. No. And then he makes like, a, then he makes a sex joke. Yes. At the rock yeah. about. It about does the finger me. into the hole. Like, it was, it's classic was like, humor, oh my God, that is but... vivid. Like watching a giant hand do yes, this. Yeah. Really oh God. This is so <laughs> and she's right there. She and that's is... the response. It's like, bro, she's right here. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they did a good job with animal character through lines with George. Yeah. Like to start it out with the fake out where mm-hmm. he's going to kill Jack Quaid, but then he doesn't. Yeah. And then he's like, ah, I was just fucking with you, Davis. Well, and that's another one. Him off multiple yeah, times. Yeah, he flips okay. him off. Is there anything more genius than, than the ape, know, than the gorilla knowing how to give the middle finger? Nothing to me has reached higher levels of humor than every time <laughs> no, that gorilla agreed. gave the middle finger. And, and, and Davis going, I never should have taught you that. Because just as I was thinking, who the fuck taught the gorilla how to give the finger and right. i was like i want the i want the mini sewed can i tell you something <laughs> these things with that level of learning and brain power mm-hmm. i have some recent experience with this mm-hmm. uh with my 22 month old son i was gonna say i think we're talking about a human baby right now yeah I, yeah i think a an uh you know a full-grown gorilla is probably more like a four-year-old without the vocal cords sort okay. of thing sure but I can tell you that at 22 months, he has learned some things about comedic timing <laughs> and and some of the very basic classics of comedy, like wow. farts. Uh-huh. Okay. Like like the pain of others. Yeah. Okay. So classics like, for children, the pain exactly. of others. Exactly. And I I think an ape is probably a little a little faster than that. And so sometimes these things happen because farts are funny. So, (laughs) you know, you observe people laughing at farts and all it takes is a couple of middle fingers in the right way and you Mm -hmm. observe it and then you know how to be funny with your middle fingers. So, yeah, uh, no, it is. It's actually terrifying how absorbent children are. 
Yes. You, you really, like I'm like my sister's six years younger than me. So I was very cognizant by the time she was like actually starting to, to re- repeat things that she heard. And, and like my dad says some terrible shit. And Riley would just like say that terrible shit too. It was like, oh my God. Uh-huh. Like I'm not anti, it's not anti-swearing or anything like that. It's like, hmm, definitely need to be mindful. Not just, not cause like, oh, kids can hear, kids can hear like whatever, but like kids will say whatever. So yes. just keep mm-hmm. your wits about you. Yeah, kids will without say knowing. And parent whatever. Right. Yeah. That Thank is- God we're not getting really clear repetition of what I'm saying yet. Cause my son's father says some pretty messed up stuff. Around the house too. Um, so yeah, he's got to get a handle on that. Uh, back to the back to the movie. Uh, yes. So okay, since we sort of hit a hit a stopping point, can can we go back to the what is a disaster movie? Point? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good that's a that's an excellent meta question. We should we should investigate every so often. Do you have like a Bible or like a what's what would you what yeah. would you call it like a we've, we've yeah. got a, a rubric basically we've got like a, okay. a basic Amanda touchstone. could speak to it better than I could yeah the basic touchstone was uh, if you can do it to your town in SimCity it counts that's it yeah okay so, so then this would not count by yes that it standard. does because you can unleash there is a monster you can unleash on your town yeah. Oh, you're right. There's like a Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like a like giant set lizard, a monster on the city. So like, giant lizard. You you can do a giant lizard. There is a biological warfare thing. You right. can <laughs> get alien invasion. Like, oh my God, you're right. Okay. Yeah. So the, all right. Well, that that's a really elegantly simple mm-hmm. answer. It, yeah, like, yeah. I think Amanda was the one who that was, shouted that out, and it's yeah. pretty perfect, actually. Okay. So uh, that's it, great. That makes this so much easier. Were Jason you about to say looks something? really go, Jason, ready to go. Say I'm just I'm just curious. Does SimCity ever uh, uh, define the planet of origin of the giant monster? Oh. Does no. it ever say definitively that it's from Earth? Um. No, but I think it comes out of the water. Mm. I think yeah, it's probably very good. But they, but they and they do separate and they do separately. I think you can't have an alien invasion, if I remember correctly. So well, then, then. Like, <laughs> no, I've never, Jason, I've never disputed alien movies as disaster movies. I've just, just always said it's just I've just always Got said it. I really don't want to watch an alien movie unless yes. there's a really good guest because it. I like aliens. Yes, wow. it's just the fear. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. just this is just fear based. This I is support not, that. Yeah. I fully support that. Thank most, you. Yeah. Most alien movies scare the hell out of me too. Right. Let me ask you guys then as people, what episode are we on? Do you know offhand? Uh, this is actually 60. No, this is 70. Okay. So because like, Van was 69, so we're 70. Oh, man. On one hand, 70 is a cool, nice round number. On other hand, I feel like I really missed fame by, a, by one episode. <laughs> it's okay because I mentioned it in the group chat and both Jordan and Jason were like, we hate that joke, though. Like, <laughs> yes. uh, did did So Van Van did not know he was 69. I don't he think did, it was no, not. I didn't. Not after, after I was shut down by both Jason and Jordan I about did. the fact that we were on the internet nicest number, like I was like, you know what? Fine. Right. I, 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 well, I want to say, I did not shoot you down. I was, this Jason is slander. Jason was much more receptive than me. I was. I, yeah. I was even keel about it. You were, okay. you, were like, you, you were like, I don't think it's funny, but I don't oppose people. I didn't who, yeah, I was a bitch about it. I said I appreciate it in certain contexts. I appreciate well, that it's come sort of full circle on irony and that it can sometimes <laughs> be funny. Yeah. What no, I Jordan, think is important to say in this conversation is that um, Jason's response is the uh, the normal adult response, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, Jordan's response is the like, unreasonable no probably the correct response um (laughs) at a certain level but uh, amanda and i also like i feel like you know we're funnier but i feel like (laughs) 
yours because is we the still response. Yours is the yours is the broader response for sure. I yeah, and and in look, the, in the, we in some cultural we're standing with here. a lot of idiots here, okay? And I think <laughs> both Amanda and I recognize the, yes. that we are standing with a lot of idiots, but sure. the part of embracing being as funny as possible all the time is <laughs> like standing with idiots yeah. sometimes, and Which when you're Ray constantly Page seeking. Does. Yeah, yeah. Page does. It's and also, I do. think there's an essential, uh, you know, nebbish, neurotic Jewishness to mm. the desire to choose the funniest option at oh, all yes. times. <laughs> Even when it's not necessarily funny, it's just the best we could do with the material. <laughs> yeah, it's not that so much that it's funny. It's that, oh, this is the common language that people use to make humor. So yeah, exactly. In order we, to communicate with the, with, mm -hmm. with the people, because social interaction is so anxiety ridden. I'm like, oh, but wait, this is a thing I can seize upon as a collective understanding of this is a thing right. that we all, a touchstone. That's what, that's what yeah. she said. You know what I mean? I'm exactly. honestly surprised that- Name your sex tape. That, that Rampage <laughs> did not put a sex a 69 joke in. Like, I'm surprised that someone didn't- <laughs> It would have been at home. And George, yeah. didn't, George didn't sign nice. Like, I mean- There was, there was right. certainly a draft. <laughs> oh God! Like it, it would—it's so of a piece with what's happening in this movie. That's mm -hmm. true. Okay. I would say a, a 2015 thing I'm really grateful for about this week because I think it came out in 2015 is that the initial side character of The Rock is not Josh Gad. Oh it's, God! It's yeah, the guy it's, who's who's not uh -huh. Josh Gad. It's the guy okay. and, and who disappears very quickly. They're Hold like, on, I, have I no cast him in my recast, so oh, stay tuned. God. Well, he's um, important at the he's important at the outset. I I cast pretty much the entire cast in my recast, so we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get great. to that. But they, this is, in a the, post boys world, it was like, oh, it's Jack Quaid. But at the it, time, that didn't mean a goddamn thing. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that made that casting tricky. But but okay, the the before we got waylaid by uh, sixty nine jokes As or is. the lack thereof. Um, <laughs> Here's the question I fundamentally wanted to ask. Mm -hmm. It seems to me, having watched one disaster film recently, <laughs> sure. that that something that is probably common to almost all disaster films is that in the beginning, whether it's the inciting incident for the specific disaster or not, but somewhere mm -hmm. in the beginning to get a bunch of people into trouble, yeah, somebody makes one or ten distinct bad decisions mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. you know greed or yeah. like just being a horrible person you know murderous or money-grubbing intentions um that they will in the short or long run come to sort of realize either the human or financial cost of to be prohibitive yeah yes like i feel like that's an essential element so at 70, is that is that is there like someone making a like in this one, you could say certainly one of the critical bad decisions is that upon the rodent of unusual size disaster with mm -hmm. their spaceship lab, Malin Ackerman and Jake Lacey or really just Malin Ackerman decides over and over again. <laughs> yeah. No problem. We'll just do this very small thing. Yeah. Yeah. Until she's eventually eaten by her own creation. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's like, I mean, one of, you know, whenever we're like, what's this movie really, we do the, what's this real movie really about segment. And I'd say I have, we haven't like done the numbers. So I'd say a good 50% of the time, it's actually about like the evils of capitalism. Yeah. Yes. Like very uh, often. And I think, so I think a big reoccurring theme in, I would argue every single disaster movie, including Independence Day, if we're keeping the our headcanon now, our existing right, headcanon yeah, of it. <laughs> the end of civilization as we know. Yeah, it. <laughs> is that, that the aliens are actually humans? Is that like 
all disaster movies in some way, shape or form root from or are exacerbated in the beginning by man's arrogance. Yeah, there yeah, you and go. And that's, I think, a yeah. consistent. And it, it doesn't have to necessarily be like, I mean, with 2012, it's man's arrogance that he, they that we can survive. No worries, we'll popular. figure it out. Yeah, right. there's any number of, I, it's almost all, almost all the time, it's something has to do with man's arrogance and that's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely that's, true with this one. Yeah, yeah, that's basically that's, the question I, I wanted to ask because mm-hmm. over and over again, actually, when you when you put it that way, that's even better because everybody in this movie, with the possible exception of The Rock and mm-hmm. Naomi Harris, mm-hmm. make these mistakes of like, no, 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 yep, those people got eaten, mm-hmm. but we're gonna, we've got it under control. We're gonna be fine. Jeffrey Dean Morgan being like. The ape is heavily sedated, and we've thought of everything, you guys. We thought of everything. And we're gonna, <laughs> I'm going to list off all the everything yes. we've thought of right to yeah. you just to prove it. And yeah. she's like about to say one more thing, and he's like, "And we thought of that thing." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it, and then, and then they send like twenty soldiers to yeah. get the wolf, and yeah. you're like, "But the wolf just ate ten soldiers." Like. <laughs> yeah. This pro- this probably isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. And then one of the soldiers who first gets killed by the wolf makes the 50 cal joke. Remember? Yeah, They're in yes. the helicopter and he's like, oh, pretty big wolf. Maybe I should bring my 50 cal. But he doesn't bring it because <laughs> <laughs> then on the ground, they see a foot, uh, you know, a footprint the yeah. size of a Mack truck. And, and he's like, <laughs> oh, God, maybe I really should have brought the 50 cal. But you know what he doesn't do is go back and get the 50 cal. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> You're right. They they're presented like it is. It is. It, it, I feel like it really plays. I, I American disaster movies are are, just, are so much fun for this reason because I feel like it really plays into a national identity of our uh like the you know the extraordinary individual the the rogue individualist like don't worry yes. we fucking got this like, even the rock in the beginning when when George is growing by <laughs> the foot yeah and, and he's just killed a grizzly bear by as the rock puts it snapping the neck of the most powerful land predator in the world <laughs> yeah, i love that shout out for the grizzly. right no yeah. grizzlies yeah. amen <laughs> and then he's got him in like a a cage in a small room yeah built for mm-hmm. a much smaller animal yeah and then the, the he's all of a sudden george goes nuts and starts smacking the cage with mm-hmm. a giant piece of cinder block and all <laughs> the rock goes hold on it's not gonna hold like no shit sherlock it was never gonna hold all he had to do was shake the wall like the, look yeah. at the size of that thing and you know like you turned a rat into a, a whole ass space station explosion but <laughs> we're just gonna send five special ops guys after a wolf the size of a house like, come on, <laughs> step your game up. I, interestingly, it, you could say the arrogance of, of idiot humans actually makes this more realistic. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, especially, and that's been that's been the most illuminating thing about doing, like, getting into the bulk of this podcast in the middle of a disaster yeah. is realizing that the stupidest way of reacting to something yeah. you can imagine is actually how most very people, likely. Uh-huh. Yeah. Very, At least 50% very of people likely. are going to oh, yeah. have like the dumbest from, possible reaction. Yeah, like from from leadership on down. Yeah. Like even if even if Trump in some way is is in many ways indicative of who we are as a nation and in some ways an ex- an, an aberration, like an extraordinary like furthest extension of of stupidity and arrogance in so many of these things and in that way it's kind of an exception. He showed up right at the exact wrong, right, wrong, right fucking time. 
and demonstrated the actual worst, most villainous B-level disaster movie bureaucratic breakdown we could ever possibly watch on this podcast that we've surely talked about before. Like, he was that. He was that thing where you're like, no president would do that. Holy shit. Holy shit. Here we are. And we're watching it happen. And then to have that mirrored among it very much in this country, especially so much of the actual population, not just like everybody collectively being like this fucking guy, but like 40 solid 40% of the actual American people being like, I'd follow him into a fire, even though he is like clearly the worst thing in existence. Turns out super true. Yeah. (laughs) Super true. Yeah. It's a wow. Watching yikes. my, My one thought when, as I was watching, uh, that woman try and flee the space shuttle and tr- she's trying to get out and she can't because back at the base, uh, Malin Ackerman is like, you can't get into the emergency escape hatch until you secure my samples. That was a great villain right. moment. Great That's villain moment. From the moment. very beginning. And my first thought was, this is why we shouldn't privatize space travel. <laughs> because right. like, I'm this sorry, great but- point. Some billionaire think, would totally be standing on the other end saying exactly that. If yep. you think that Elon Musk is going to colonize Mars without a whole lot of slave labor, right? You've got another thing. Like we're right. Yeah, you can you can what move Earth to Mars. Are you on. You can move yeah. to Mars. The only thing is, is that you're going to have to earn your keep while you're there, which means that you're going to end up being like in a second class citizenship situation where you have to work to pay off your food to pay off your. Yeah. Health. Yeah, actually, there's no escape. And by the same <laughs> yeah. token, you're... there's no there's no oxygen. Yeah, <laughs> and, and by the same token, the notion that like you'd like to think, uh, well, listen, they would start evacuating Chicagoland before the ape got within a mile of downtown. <laughs> yeah. But but then you know maybe they wouldn't. Probably actually, as it turns out, that's probably that probably uh, oh they would turn to the national guard before no. the ape was running down State Street. Right? No, not no. really. And like, I, I, I love that, like when, like an interesting thing we saw in Godzilla 98 talking with Van was how, um, like Amanda pointed out that ev- like they, they evacuate Manhattan. And then one of the like minor conflicts of the movie is that like all the Manhattan residents are trying to get back in to Manhattan <laughs> as Godzilla is ravaging through the island. That's very New like, York. Wait, fucking what? Like, guys, he's still there. This is still happening. Yeah, they're, like, pushing, trying to get it back to walk through the tunnel while Godzilla is stomping on city blocks. Wait a second. Hold on. I actually think that is salient social commentary about the residents of the city of New York and specifically I would, Manhattan. I would say that if you if we have learned anything from the past year, it's that, no, people, even Manhattan folk recognize when it's time to get out of the city. Like well, I also think they're all oh, kind of secretly looking for a way to get out of the city and just most of the time can't unless there's a disaster <laughs> in which they can um, work from home forever. Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> mis- you're mishearing me. I'm not saying it's realistic. I'm saying it's salient social commentary right. about the oh, residents. Of okay, New York. well, that's it. Yes. Yes. If it's social. But also, that being said, I think I as I had said last week, like. As we've seen, no, this is sort of the equivalent of when everyone's like, oh, no, no, we should totally dine outside now. It's safe to dine outside in bubbles that are actually indoors. Like, yeah, love the turning move. of love the turning of outside into inside as a solution yeah. to patio oh, for patio dining. Man. Yeah. And that's basically like 
on the one hand, I didn't believe, I was like, I don't believe that they would be that eager to get back to Manhattan. But on the other hand, as we've seen, people forget really fast about danger. So yeah, if you can't find- If you walk along North Beverly right now, all those people are ready to get back into Manhattan. Yeah, Beverly, if you go go to any restaurant in Beverly Hills right now, you'll be like, oh, these are the people who are clamoring to get back into Manhattan when it's still filled with Godzilla. I see. Filled with, filled. Riddled. Positively filthy with Godzilla. Riddled with Godzilla. It was. It was riddled. It w- there were like 150 baby Godzillas. It was filthy with Godzilla. By the way, <laughs> uh, forget forget New York and Godzilla. But uh, can we also talk about how this film did a tremendous and and I thought stunning architecture tour of downtown Chicago? Okay. That, yes, and I respected that they also capsized one of the architecture tour boats in the process. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing. They, it really they they did give you a pretty beautiful survey of downtown mm-hmm. Chicago, and I know really Amanda nice. is like a the the internet's foremost Chicago hater, but, yeah. but I thought this was a really nice view. I actually, so I I, I have no issues with a movie destroying Chicago. Oh. Um, in fact, <laughs> that was. And my, I used to have, do a blog about disaster movies, and one of my like grading rubrics for movies was whether or not they destroy. They lost points if it didn't destroy Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Hard, I hit hundred percent on so that one. Rude. Yeah, it but, is uh, a, it is an absolute. It's like a miracle that I managed to maintain a friendship with someone who's so rude about Chicago. Truly, you know, yes. Well, and, Look at and, these bridges being built. Know, despite that, wow. Well, it's because I am old and I have grown as a person. Yeah, over it's, my it's life. entirely because Kolsky was the bigger person, um, and also because. I was immediately just like, I know how I can piss this person, this stranger off that Marin has sat me next to it away. Uh, <laughs> it was a hundred percent. Like this was, uh, it was entirely, work. it was entirely just, I'm going to poke at this bear and see what happens. And that's how a friendship is made. Oh, you know what? She knew what she was doing. Oh yeah. Oh, she absolutely did. She absolutely yes. did. Friend of the show, Marin. Yes. <laughs> Friend of the show, Marin. Jeanette. The, the unofficial fourth disaster diva. Uh, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, the, I think that's one of the smart things the movie did is that they picked such a, a, an architecture focused city yeah. for, that a, is a, for a video a game for, entirely for destroying. Well, yeah. And it's a video game. I mean, I love that they managed to find a way to work the, the conceit of the video game. Of yes. These characters have to climb buildings. Cause I don't know, Jordan, if you ever That's played right. Rampage. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Only, only in its early, only in my early iterations of life, but yeah. yes, I remember. So I love that they found they were like, we're going to have the tower that they have to climb up to the top of to smash. Yep. But then they did pick a city that in general is really fun to watch monsters climb up buildings. And George does do the slide down, which made, at one yes, point, made me he so happy. He did the slide. And just, slide. they're also reaching in and eating people mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. like you sort of do in the game. I will say there's no like smashing of cars in Rampage. You just pick up the cars and eat those too basically. <laughs> okay. Um but but yeah, no, they really yeah. they it's a ridiculous thing, right? That that this has become a, a I mean it's still ridiculous, but a, a regular occurrence in our movie society where movies are based on video games that have no plot or right. yeah or anything to them but and Mar- and Mortal Kombat is one of my most anticipated movies of this oh, year. Oh man, maybe number I'm excited one. for that too. Oh I'm man. Maybe there's a way to f- to sort of wedge that into disaster film if like enough goes wrong. <laughs> Amanda Coldly. Like, I mean, Amanda's I'm giving us a hard no. Her. Me and Jason and, no. and Matt are all nodding and Amanda's just Maybe that's it, head. Jordan. Maybe that's our idea. Maybe is a, that's a it. A podcast mini series on Mortal Kombat. Can I give you guys um, your, 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 your name? What is yeah. it? Krusiolski. 
<laughs> oh, oh. not 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 very oh. good SEO for that podcast. Just uh, <laughs> just gonna point that out, sort of provisorially. Never mind the SEO that like say so you've somehow you've put uh, two last names that I I find very appealing together and made a very unappealing <laughs> I know. word. That's what I love it's about really it. Really upsetting. This is really That's what makes me so happy. This about harkens it. back to to Angie and the crew. <laughs> <laughs> Mornings. Oh wow. You guys have your own morning show identities. I didn't no, realize we, that. When we did when we did the Wired Culture podcast, me and Angela, we oh, there was one episode wow. where Peter, the host Angie of it and the head of cruise. culture at the time, decided that if we wow. had a shock jock radio program, it would be Angie he would and be the Angie no, and right. the crew. Which is a bummer for you because as the crew, <laughs> you definitely would have been the like one going out on the street doing messed up <laughs> yeah. stuff. And, it's and ironically, you certainly can't send Angie to do that. She won't, no, 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 no. If there's one thing Angela will not abide being called, it's Angie. So it was just <laughs> disgusting yeah. all the way around. I, I think the other ir- irony of it too, Jordan, is that you would definitely be the one making 69 nice jokes. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. That's, that's a hardcore that's, crew That's move. what the crew yeah. tries <laughs> to do. Yes, yep. I yeah. And you run the soundboard, would. definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I listen to that show though, which, which by the way, (laughs) I would play this video game of this movie. I would totally (laughs) be George or Lizzie or although we, if it was a video game, we'd have to talk about the fact that Lizzie is way too big. I, I love the yeah. unveil, like specifically in the context of Kongzilla Month, I absolutely love the unveil of Lizzie in this movie. I wrote that down. Yeah. Because they really, they really like, you only see that little bit in the, in the, in the river when well, the and nobody noticed this thing nobody. between yeah. the swamps of, of Florida and where do they end up? New York. Chicago. No, Chicago. Chicago. What am I talking I mean, about? So, we just so, talked so, about this. You so distracted this me with Godzilla. So the takes the Mississippi River all the way up. Basically. Is that how? It and must, that must thing, go. It's the only way it could do it at speed. It's the only way it could do it at speed. Like, I know and that's so, a big river, but that thing is too big to escape notice in the Mississippi. Oh, abs- I mean, you would have three to count days. on people being so distracted by Ralph or something. that. Like, right. There's no way. There, that, that is a good point of reality indexing. Yeah. That nobody was like... Has anybody noticed the local news footage in like the southern United uh, States of the crocodile? Something is capsizing every boat in the every Mississippi. Boat, every <laughs> boat displacing so much water, flooding areas. Yeah. That never comes up. And see, that's part of, I think, one of the strengths of the movie because this movie is a short movie. Like, yes. Four, yeah. It's, it's yes. what, hour and 45 minutes. It yep. is yeah. such a tightly paced movie. It's great. In a, if this were, say, Roland Emmerich, we would have an entire extra 30 minutes of Lizzie making her way up right. to Chicago, and it would completely deflate it. That's interesting. But it I is, think, like, it is funny that not even military in, in, in intelligence yeah. mentions it. But you know what? It, until you guys brought this up, it didn't even occur to me. Oh, like, I, totally I there was not even it. I there was not even a moment in that movie where I was like I I, I was like oh yeah there's gonna be a a, a a giant lizard and then I just completely checked out and was like I want everything with George what's going on with Ralph right and then the right. lizard shows up and I was like oh shit right no I I was I, I was I was glad for how it happened because I was glad for the unveil ultimately yeah. even okay. if it is unreality wise it is, you know, it is like that's ridiculous it, it, do you remember what was said when Lizzie appeared for the first time. When when Naomi says like there's something big in the water, yeah, and then it and then and then Lizzie popped out. And do you remember what the Rock said? Well, that sucks. That's it. <laughs> yes. 
Well, that that's sucks. It. Because it was such a great, it's a such, he's in the helicopter because the rock can fly a helicopter because well, why can't he? Well, because he's special hey, forces. Hey, okay, because he's special on. forces. And we know that from his dossier. Right, I know, but special like forces three... tasked with doing, t- special forces tasked with stopping poachers, but somehow, like, again, I don't That wasn't his why. only special force. He, like, grad- he went from special yes. forces into that. That that's was, what was I an gathered. arc there. That's yeah, what he I wasn't. Gathered. There's no special like forces Beret. for stopping poachers. I right. again don't question why the Rock can fly a helicopter. I'm right, just we're saying we're given a very clear reason, which is that highly trained military special forces. And it takes him. It's been a long time, but it takes him like three tries to that's get. True. It. Yeah, it does take he, him a little effort. He's a little rusty. Yes, but the thing that's great about having the Rock's character is that he can't just be a biologist. No, like no. the most logical thing in the world is that his specialty is apes. And that this is what he's done. And his field of study is teaching right. apes how to communicate. His, the most logical thing is for him to be Dr. Peter from Congo. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Who I promise you, that character did not serve in the special forces. But because once you cast the rock, you're like, fuck, man, we got to rewrite you this You got to explain it. Well, yeah, yeah, we yeah you have to the explain the proportion. Well, right. So then and you're like, well, he was thing. special forces. And then he became a gorilla whisperer. That's right. And that's basically the thing we're talking about earlier with his size, like constraining what he can do. And I think it's a credit to him that he's found all these different weird ways to do different things. And, and to, and like, you know what it is? I, if, when it comes to the rocks performances, I don't know how they would fare on like a reality index of real human beings thing. Right. I mean, I, you know, that that's touch and go depending on the role, but in in the in the utmost wrestling sense, he always gets over. Yeah. Yes. Like yes. he always he sells the character, mm-hmm. whether it's a realistic mm-hmm. character or not. He just you don't you never doubt or question whether he is nope. in fact nope. Davis, yeah. the former Green Beret yeah. expert. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's the power of the rock, is that you just are like, yeah, sure, whatever you want me to believe, I'll believe it because you just are going to smile until I do. Exactly. Well, in the, in the, in the Kong, in the Kong, the Zilla world in which we are rapidly approaching, we have like our, obviously like a Kong V Zilla experience in this movie where the, the only overly long part of the movie mm-hmm. to me is the fight between Lizzie and George. Yeah. But I, the back to the debut of Lizzie, the eruption from the river in Chicago with the yeah. like mm-hmm. open mouth screaming backlit by the sun. I was like, yes. this is the Godzilla King of the Monsters moment yeah in this movie this this, this is, exists in the lineage wait important question are we in are, am, is rampage part of kongzilla month? it is part of kongzilla month because it wow. would not exist because it would not exist without kong and godzilla no i'm so excited about yeah. this yeah you're, it's, you're it's important kongzilla. to discuss the legacy of king kong and godzilla and i have a hard time watching uh king kong and its remakes because it makes me so sad I can't huh. enjoy myself because I think the most tragic love story of all time is Godzilla and Feyrey. Like <laughs> it's it's too sad. These extremely human gorilla eyes falling in love and then being killed by humans when they kidnapped him from his home and he didn't ask to fucking be here. I can't handle it. It's too sad. I, I can't enjoy myself. So um, we, Rampage was moved in to this space. Well, listen, this love story between George and mm-hmm. Davis yep. was a happy ending. Exactly. Exactly. I was so worried from like the minute I was. I, I, I was worried. I, he got I, all I, of us. I, hey, yeah. George got us all just like <laughs> he, he got the rock. Man. They oh actually, God. like as from a directorial standpoint, they kind of, they nailed that timing. Yeah. They let yeah. it sit just long enough to really make you think 
Mm-hmm. That like you, you, I imagine like a, an epilogue where Davis goes back and then that the younger gorilla that George was giving a hard time in the beginning was going to rise to be like the alpha mm-hmm. of the pack. And it was going to mm-hmm. be like the cycle of life kind of thing. Life goes on. Yeah, I totally thought that was going to happen yeah. because they let it ride just long enough before it was like, okay, why are we still standing here to really trick you into thinking that George gave his life to save humanity? You want to know what the smartest part of it was? That we find out the reveal from watching The Rock's reaction and not watching George. Yeah. Because it, at that moment, you watch, it's not that George is playing a trick on us as the audience. <laughs> you watch George playing the trick on The Rock and The Rock realizing it. And what when he's like, point. did you just... Did you just open your eye? Yeah. And you're like, wait, what? who the fuck is he talking to? And then you realize- He does move his finger before he sees he moves his, move his- We see him move his finger before- We see him twitch his finger, Rock yeah. sees him move his eye. But it's not like, we don't see him being like, we don't see the moment where, where the gorilla, like it could have just as easily been- He that, stood up. That he stood up and it's supposed to be a triumphant moment right. and that the audience claps and there's they don't go for that. They don't yeah, go for yeah. that at all. And instead no. they just, it goes right back to the relationship the two of them have. And I love <laughs> that aspect of it. In a yeah, lot of ways, so it's a buddy comedy, this movie. It is. Yes. It is totally a buddy comedy. Oh, yeah. definitely. Okay, I do so, love that we see at the end the little moment where, like, yeah. they're like, all right, we're going to go walk around now. And we see, like, George, like, lifting people out of, like, yeah, the first and second yeah, story. People, yeah. He's and, like, people are like, gorilla. oh, okay, I guess he's done destroying the city. Yeah, I'll just take a little ride down to the street right. level with you, George. These people yeah. whose only experience with George is when only. he smashed that very window five <laughs> yeah. minutes ago. Yeah. yeah. Really they really good. turned around for him. But I'm, Look, I'm into that. So I here's some reality index questions I have. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, I, I, actually some things on both sides. Let me, let me give you some of the good things. First of all, um, you know, the wolf flying seems like it should be screwed up, but it totally tracks with the and, like yeah, yeah. multiple, he's just got some flying squirrel in there. Yeah. Um, the, uh, and this is something that obviously is going to be critical to Kong versus Godzilla mm. and somehow like didn't fully, process with me as i saw all the you know how dare you even suggest kong can reasonably fight this giant lizard uh memes on the mm-hmm. internet right mm-hmm. like apes use tools man yeah i was gonna say he's got yeah. weapons he can right. use weapons like that so that changes things yeah and i thought the effective use of tools was like well yeah. played by yeah. by george here um gills gills are always vulnerable Yep. Uh, yeah, which it was an evolutionary choice in this case. Weird, weird choice to have on the alligator. Weird choice. Seems they, unnecessary. The, the alligator normally... was definitely more animals than any of the other. Like the, yeah. the alligator was like a stegosaurus. Well, it's and... almost like the alligator's reptilian DNA reacted differently to the serum than the uh, mammalian the DNA. DNA. It really, because well, like it was sort also of because it was also a hippo. Like there were hippo tusks. There were hippo. Yeah, things. and yeah. he had like he had gills, and he had like a stegosaurus tail. Like mm-hmm. he was Lizzie was very much. She was very much a composite. Lizzie I guess the had, question had is, gone horribly awry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lizzie was... did go horribly awry. Yeah, and much awry. bigger, much yeah. bigger than the other two. I guess yeah. the question is. Were those canisters different animal combinations, perhaps? So that's what I was I, I was kind of thinking that too, because yeah. like with the wolf gets some really interesting specific ones. Very the wolf, spiky. The wolf gets very spiky. The wolf has the flying squirrel armpit wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the wolf size-wise is so much larger than George. And George of all yeah. that morphed, like his mouth doesn't change. He doesn't right. get the weird tongue thing the others have. Yeah, he's still cute. He's he really still, just gets bigger and angrier, bigger right? Yeah, angrier. Yeah, he doesn't get spikes. I was very much like, why doesn't George get spikes? I wanted him to have some like <laughs> arm barbs or something. 
Um, so yeah, I, I assume that it's either their DNA reacted differently or they got different quantities of it. Cause that makes sense. The, the alligator fully <clears throat> eats the canister. He right. eats it. You're right. He yeah, eats the, the alligator. Whole, she eats, eats the whole, whole thing. Yeah, George just like gets hit in the face with it and the wolf gets hit in the face with it, but it seems like less, so, like more so than George. So and you're right, it is a percentage exposure. increase of body size. The wolf yeah. is definitely far greater than George. I really yeah. liked how at first they were kind of all buddies though. I thought that was really cute that like the wolf and George were not immediately seeing each other and fighting and they just- I did like, like them all, ru- I did like the yeah. running together. That was yeah, a nice I was like wide view. for all of them, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> they stay friends after this and then lizzie ate the wolf and i was very upset right right I, the, I really did ralph there's something about ralph's character design that i found very endearing yeah but i but i do like sort of the setup for the fight between the lizard and yeah. and also the method in which lizzie ends up eating ralph is tremendous because the yeah. rock <laughs> angers ralph so that he comes after him and then sort of dives out of the way just as lizzie pulls out of the building and bites the wolf on the neck. And I think mm-hmm. this is, and maybe I, you know, maybe I need more alligator research on this, <laughs> but that alligator uh, hybrid animal has tremendously accurate biting skills for things that <laughs> like are in targeting. the air. Yeah, yeah because that, it, it also bites directly onto the cockpit of when a- When it bites a, the over, the fly, the passing over plane, that was yeah. very cool. Yeah, right where the dude's sitting, like yeah. middle of the mouth. Um, <laughs> and, he, and and Lizzie also really put put the jaws right into the neck of Ralph and just bit his head off. I mean, that's that's kind of alligators. That is really, alligators yeah. are, alligators are like 200 million years old and designed basically to Jesus kill Christ. things. That's true. They so are, they have real not changed biters. evolutionarily basically in several hundred million years. And I guess they can explode out of the water and bite a fish that's jumping. So that yeah. probably. And, and they, 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 they'll hide in the water and then hunt on land. So they will expel themselves from the water to get things that are grazing nearby. So right. like small, oh, those, small yeah. children. How many, how many incredible videos have we seen of the poor antelope just yeah yeah swirled swirled to its death underwater so that adds up which this Mm -hmm. sort of all leads me to my my major conclusion when it comes to the reality index is that most of the failures are human failures which feel in some way Mm -hmm. unrealistic but are probably Mm -hmm. actually just realistically idiotic for human behavior like malin ackerman has a gun and all she does with it is shoot the rock in non-vital organs in the stomach and not like follow up on uh, how he's doing so that he can come back. Now, obviously this is plot device, but still like, right. Why'd you shoot him there? Malin would have killed away? Cause like, it's totally, I, I was glad that they had Malin take the shot. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like we need to level up that this character is that bad. And she Jake is not him. shooting anybody. No. Yeah. Um, she, she would have killed, she would have killed him for sure. And or she very deliberately be- aims at like, the the uh, the side of his belly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought until I realized where she shot him, I thought he had t- she had taken him at the kneecap or something, which would have been right. I think maybe made a little more sense both for the character and then also, but then like then you maybe didn't need to shoot the rock because that it didn't actually <laughs> it it was quite literally that like tis but a flesh wound kind of vibe because by <laughs> in no time he was running without once grabbing his. That's side. right. Yeah, I it, love that it he, he went from spot. doubled over. Yeah. He went from doubled over and collapsed to just like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, the like, gunshot became a blood stain very yeah. quickly. Yeah, a, a, a not a no longer bleeding blood stain. Right. Yeah, a pretty static blood stain. Okay, so that that was tough. Also, 
the the sort of resolution of Malin Ackerman's character mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. an elaborate and clever plan that I'm mostly into where they sneak the antidote into her purse and then get George to eat her. The yeah. problem there is at, at the, the method by which they get George to eat her is literally just to call George's name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it seems like he really could have come over there and eaten any single one or in fact, all three of them. Yeah. The, the eating was to me the most like, besides the jarringness of, of Mullen and Jake Lacey, the most like really moment to me was that George just goes maliciously targets mm-hmm. Mullen and like throws her up and makes her like a grape snack. Yes. And it was like, yes. we have not seen like popcorn. Any- yeah, we've yeah. not seen any of that behavior from George this entire time. And right now he's still a rage monster. He doesn't have like determinative power right, right now to distinguish that she's the enemy. Yeah. Like sometimes when he hears Davis call him, he has like this recognition of his like tender, like uh-huh. like emotional side. But the, he doesn't know what she is. So the fact that he like makes a moment out of her death was like, mm-hmm. I mean, I like it. And especially the, I like it the most because she's yelling, oh shit, as she's going oh, down his gullet. But that was out of character for George in that moment. Yeah, it was totally. not. It was not necessary the- for us to see George eat a human. <laughs> yeah. Well, I although like- I think you got the feeling there were a number of humans eaten along the way, but yeah. I don't think seeing it was totally necessary. And wasn't the thing still going off at that? Yeah, point? it was still going yeah. off at that time. It was still yeah. going off. I did the, the funny. A funny thing of me about when they get the antidote is that. And this was just silly. Like, I don't know why they need to do this. But, like, they go to the cryo like, mm-hmm. cabinet. They pull it out. Naomi just grabs three. three. There's, like, it's all they need. There's so many. Just There's, like, a the dozen container. more. Which, like, I get take what you need and, like, you can't carry the extras or something. But then Malin's like, give me that. And she hands it over. It's like, okay, I'm going to turn around. I'm going to grab more. <laughs> I just saw a whole bunch. Whole bunch in that carousel in the freezer just now. I had the same question. When, like, as the, she okay, out, if you must have them, like hand <laughs> over the three and then wait for her to fucking go and then be like, Davis, there's more in the fridge. Like you can easily access more than you need. Yeah, I was wondering, like I wrote in all caps, take more than three in my notes because <laughs> I was just like, inevitably it's like when i when i pack for a trip i always bring a couple extra pills for my meds because i'm just like you know i'll drop one on the floor and it'll roll under the radiator i don't know what's gonna happen underwear i bring just two shirts per day because like what if i get sweaty like yeah you you prepare you just if you have the opportunity to take extras of an antidote bring extras (laughs) you don't know what's gonna happen of a vital serum yeah that's right yeah, no, yes. we'll only need three. There's only three animals that should do it. That there, should get it done. That should totally do it. They're, yeah. They are not They are not difficult to predict what their actions Nothing are going to be. They are not erratic. Nothing but here's the other thing wrong. about yeah. Mao and Ackerman. The whole plan, allegedly, was to get them to come there so you could right. then give them the antidote and, like, keep them in the basement for yeah. when you wanted to mm-hmm. mess stuff up. But why didn't she already have the antidote? <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, You're at right. some point, the yeah. plan became, I'm getting the hell out of here and, and just going to let them destroy the Sears Tower, uh, which is an interesting choice. And then finally, right after that, perhaps the most hilariously ridiculous, but not necessarily, I'm not necessarily scoring this a negative mm-hmm. on the reality index mm-hmm. because it is the rock. Sure. But I think we have to acknowledge that he says to Naomi Harris, no worries. We're just going to hop in this helicopter and ride it down a collapsing building, quote, yes. like an avalanche. Not like a you bit ride of sense. an avalanche. There was not a bit of sense. Like as that was happening and the buildings falling, I was like, I still don't get why this is a good plan. Like it was like, you're 
Amazing. What? Like he you are still like, like you are avalanche. still dropping at like the feet per second that like an object would as it gains momentum as it falls to the ground. Like just because the building is under nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing. There's nothing about this. What the fuck was that? As if riding an avalanche in a helicopter is a thing that people do. <laughs> No, no, no. I, I did like that Naomi Harris was just the entire time yelling, oh shit. Like yes. she, the the choice they made of not having to be like, this is going to be okay. But to have her react like a normal human would, which is going, oh my God, what are we doing? Why are we doing this the entire way down? I did really enjoy that aspect. I, I loved the, she was the best part of that sequence because I, I think it's when he says like, you know, like with an avalanche, she yeah. goes, I don't know. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't no. know. Yeah. No one I was rides like, well, good, because neither do I. Like, <laughs> That's not a thing, riding avalanches. Absolutely not. No, and nothing about it was like, oh, it, like I figured those like, okay, I guess when I see this happen, I'll understand how this mitigates the impact and they don't die. But it was like, no, you just fell with the building. Like I, I, no, nothing about how this has ended suggests to me, like I see how this was safer. Nothing. That was no, crazy. Terrible. Uh, okay, also, but, uh, just, just one, I have one minor complaint. Mm-hmm. Uh, unrelated to anything. Sorry, were you about to make a point about I was, this? I was going to ask, yeah, I was going to say, this. I I think at this point, I'm trying to think if there is a single notable famous building that The Rock has not escaped from. <laughs> I mean, there are so many buildings. That's a big... Yeah, yeah like, I mean, in the world, Like, right? in the world, he's really... I believe there's that really tall one that he did in, um, in Fast and the Furious has, that he drove out of. Was it the Burj Dubai? Did he get out yeah. of the Burj Dubai? Remember, oh, and shit, him and Paul, yeah, right. they, they was, jumped, they jumped the building. one to the other, right? Yeah. So that's my thing. It's like, I realized that, and then you've got the library tower here in LA, right? For Skyscraper. Oh, he's, was that you know what? what it was in he's LA? Hit, he's hit a... Said a lot of the ones that were built in the last like fifty years. That's for yeah. Sure. I think like he's man. He's slowly working his way through, escaping every single notable tall space building. needle. Can you can you jump? Can you get in? The, I don't know how the space needle works. <laughs> you can. You could be, be, be in the yeah. observation deck. That's yeah. right. The big circle. You could be in the circle. But no, I think so. I think we need to at some point compile a list of like famous buildings that The Rock has escaped from. He'd have mm. to like base jump from the observation deck of the Space Needle. I mean, if we get I the mean, great moment in Skyscraper, which we have not yet done on this podcast, and I absolutely ooh. fucking love, of where he goes from crane to superstructure. Oh, that's good. Where, yeah, because it, it's the trailer moment where he runs across the crane arm, yes. jumps into, and uh-huh. the, the best part about that with like the detail of the movie in place is that he has one, one artificial leg, right? leg. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got one, and and like he just doesn't fucking phase the rock. Like, Amazing. Nope, nope, not at all. He didn't. He doesn't need a running blade. He's <laughs> got this. He has got this artificial leg in there. Speed and power unimpeded. Well, I do think the Sears Tower is like checking an important, you know, best, the biggest building in a city off his list. Then. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and real, you know, a good time, a good moment in the spotlight for the Sears Tower, where I feel yeah. like it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't get shout outs much anymore. No. Yeah. Well, it also like it. It for people who are not totally on top of Chicago architecture, it locks in <laughs> that like, Oh, the, the two big radio antennas, that's the serious tower. I, I get it. Like that's yeah. the one now I know. Yeah. Um, okay. So my random complaint, um, and this is definitely not probably a knock against realism in any way. It's just <laughs> like in a movie with a military presence where there's like a, why won't the military listen to the main characters of dubious knowledge? Yeah. Um, someone says, someone tells someone to scramble the jets. <laughs> yeah. You know, and there were jets, but yeah. I don't think anyone ever said the word scramble. And that to me 
Like if you don't scramble the jets, how'd they get there? Yeah. Right. It, it, you have to scramble the jets and you have to go to the mainframe. To, yeah. I was going to oh, say, this is very sure. much the hacking. The, it's the hacking the mainframe of jet deployment. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was a little disappointed that no jets got scrambled. I don't know what that means. I don't know why you scramble the jets. Yeah. I don't, I don't know it's why a that's comforting. the comfort. It's a comfort to me when you do. So do we yeah. think then, like, I didn't look it up. Do we think the, <clears throat> the Moab Mm-hmm. Is the correct term of art for yes. largest conventional bomb? Is that it, what they actually yeah, say? It, so okay. Moab was, the Moab was debuted <laughs> during the Iraq War in the early 2000s. And it's ah. like, it's the bunker buster. It's the mother of all bombs. Oh. Dude, I wonder oh. if the bunker buster was the same thing as I the mother think of all it, bombs. I don't know if it is. I think it is. But yeah, the mother of all bombs, the Moab, it's not a nuclear bomb. It's just an, yeah. it's, it's basically like the biggest like non-nuke. The basically. biggest non-nuke. Yeah. Yes. And so that I definitely remember that was a thing during, during the Iraq, Iraq it's War. It's so crazy that like, like that came after the nuke. Like we <laughs> made the nuke first. And then yeah. later we were like, you know, we skipped a step. There was probably something else. we Right. Done. I mean, I think it was less that than like conventional bomb technology had evolved as far as it could. So they right. jumped to the nuke and then eventually they were like, that's extreme. Maybe there's a, a less extreme measure. Yeah. Maybe there's um, a less extreme horrifying thing we can do. Yeah. Still not a bomb you'd like to see dropped in the middle of downtown <clears throat> Chicago, of course. No. Uh, yeah. By the way, speaking of real things that I, I did look up about this movie, CRISPR totally yeah. is considered a weapon of mass destruction. I thought I yeah. kind of thought yeah. that was just you know, movie nonsense, but that's real. Yeah, no, that that was a good detail. That was a good detail. It was a good detail. I love when a movie starts with a title card. Like, oh, I of really course. do. What if it's a disaster movie? Yeah, and then you know it's really serious then. Yeah. Like, Can I ask a another? Black hole opening with like, the they thought that if they thought it would be safe to do these particle fission sort <laughs> of experiments. And then afterwards, like they were wrong. And then it yeah, uh, they were wrong. I love it. I love when a title card pops up in a disaster movie. So this made me really happy. Related. This is <clears throat> related. This is a totally uh, different thing. But have you guys gotten into the category of disaster or potential disaster movies surrounding like nuclear fusion and fission, which which were huge for a while? We, we had like a chain chain reaction. And uh, I mean, even The Saint is kind of a nuclear fusion movie, although it's more of a positivity. Uh, nuclear <laughs> yeah. fusion movie. Um, We've done. I feel like have we done like a direct fallout movie, Amanda? No, I mean, well, what I was, guess I so mean, many of those are d- disasters. Pandora. Yeah, we've, we've done. Yeah, we, we did, did the nuclear Pandora. plant Pandora, okay. which if you want to engage in the saddest possible disaster movie imaginable. Ooh. Does yeah. does does a pre-film disaster like would Book of Eli count? I think that counts. Because I don't a know disaster has well, like it's post-apocalyptic. Yeah, right? it's post-apocalypse. Yeah. We've done we've done post because we did Children of Men, so we will. Okay, all yeah. right. So we'll, yeah, we'll, you, wow, we'll Children of Men feels um very Criterion collection for it was it was a we real. Are- High, it was a real high tone. Yeah, highbrow pod. We're highbrow here, Matt. Like, no, I know you're highbrow. We yeah. did that. Yeah. We did that. Like that was like our last episode before um, protests started last year. Not oh, protests. Wow. No, that was our last. Our last before lockdown started. Jordan, was it before lockdown? Yeah. So like that. No, that no, was, no, 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 no. It was wait, no, Jordan. It was like two episodes before lockdown started. Yeah, because nope. the episode before lockdown, the episode before lockdown was just the three of us, and mm-hmm. uh, we yeah. had tissues present because I can't remember which one of us had like a, you, an insane you had, sniffle. You had Me? the sniffles. Oh, oh yeah. it had to be you because of Kit. Right. Oh yes. Yeah. I had, <laughs> yeah, it had yeah. to be you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because of Kit. Um. But yeah, that was. <laughs> 
But uh, but yeah, no, the, we did Children of Men like right as we were starting to hear things about coronavirus. It was like probably that's, March first ish. That's disturbing. It was it was a weird it was a weird mm-hmm. time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was an intense week. Yeah. So so no, we will we'll do post apocalyptic. Um, it's like basically a lot of the time it's if you can make a good enough art. We did Mother, so if you can make a good enough argument for something being a disaster right. movie, we'll Jordan join. Told we'll we'll me come with you on that. Mother. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 sorry. That oh, was, I uh, am as well. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Eliza. Thank you, Eliza. Love you. Um, but do we feel then like we have, do we feel that we've come to the end of the reality index or Matt, do you have any more bullet points that you want to bring up? I think that goes through most of my notes. I, mm-hmm. I have a couple of random thoughts in here that we haven't gotten to, but I don't think any of them are necessarily. Do you remember what the animal was? Cause she gets, she listed off some animals, but we don't know where the spikes came from. Right. I don't no, think so. I think the spikes think came from do. cool. Yeah, yeah, it came from yeah. ominous. Yeah, and it could have been. There's plenty of animals with spikes, so yeah. that that doesn't really freak me out. Or reality index wise, because I, I assume like we have to, we have to grant them yeah. that. CRISPR has advanced to the point where they can edit genes and whatnot. Like, yeah, like as as Naomi tells us, it's not gene, gene engineering. She says it's gene editing, and yeah. she explains that she invented the process by which the pro- by which they speed it up. Yeah, right? yeah. So no reason that you can't just give animals spikes. It's just basically it just you're basically telling the bones to grow sharper. So yeah, we why basically not? we we basically Shorten got to this. Oh God! Oh, you are. You're essentially being like, just grow big, armored, spiky plates. Yeah, like that's that's the thing you can make a body do. Totally, totally, totally. The uh, we already sort of uh, hinted at this, but you know, better ape monitoring from the OGA uh, on the plane would have been good. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you just hooked him up to an IV drip and walked away. Yeah, uh, and, and walked the away. Only, the only people you left back there were in handcuffs. So. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't great. I did um, like watching the moment where The Rock um, breaks his zip ties with yes. the uh, method that we were taught by Twitter during the protests last year of uh, tightening your zip tie and then yep. like breaking it against mm-hmm. your hip. That was yep. like, oh, yes, that is the way that, that one works. breaks out of zip ties. Totally it wasn't works. not just the brute strength of The Rock. There is a method to that madness. Yeah, absolutely. So that was real. Now, bullets are totally harmless against all of these creatures, which is... Uh, you know, fair enough, I suppose. Yeah, well, because they have the rapid healing. That's right, and they have rapid healing. Yeah, they regenerate. But George is a little more vulnerable than the wolf and ape seem to be because they yeah. hit that wolf with damn near everything, and it doesn't phase him until the lizard bites his head off. Yeah, no, and they, it felt very, it felt especially like the 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 dominant power felt the most intuitively believable from the alligator, just yes. since it has such natural armor on its body. It's like yeah. watching Shin Godzilla, where you you see the barrage of like ordnance hit it, and it just really bounces off. Like yeah, it, it's look, not it, even like it penetrates, and then it's fine. It doesn't matter. In Godzilla '98, we see those bombs like lo- like the missiles like lodge into the neck of Godzilla. In Shin Godzilla, they just like bunk, 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 <laughs> like they just don't even fucking do anything. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I think that covers my, my, my reality index notes for sure. Uh, most of the worst offenders in that category are just like human decision, which the yeah. more I think about mm-hmm. it, the more realistic they seem. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the more you think about humans making decisions, the more dire it gets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, 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 you come to realize that in fact, rather than having to choose some really dumb humans for them to make decisions like that, it's the reverse, which is you would actually have to choose 
the really the smartest people to avoid yes. them making yeah. decisions yes. like that. That's why so, there's always one rogue genius in these that's movies. Right. Who's like, guys, maybe not, maybe not like this. <laughs> yeah, maybe not like this. Maybe listen to me. Yeah. Uh, I did have one last random note, which is the hilariously, the San Diego Wildlife uh sanctuary, yes, as, as they call it. Um it gets the full on Lion King music treatment when it it's really, introduced to us. Yes. <laughs> Like the like, you know, it it literally sounds like they're about to break into song about the circle <laughs> of life. It's, and with the way the 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 way they it looks very, it's very Disneyfied in uh-huh. how like just the the it trees zooms in. look. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like the light. It looks like everything is not made of organic material. And so I'm it pretty emphasizes sure that like could be a ah, like kind right. of moment. Mm-hmm. And and that exact noise you just made is represented by like a pan flute or some other wooden instrument (laughs) in the song it really is that was pretty spectacular you almost expect like birds to swoop down and just that's right a horn bill just yeah totally add some some bird chirps (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so that was that i found to be really excellent Well, then that will take us into what was this movie really about after a brief word from our sponsor, uh, our all-time disaster diva sponsor, Associate. Folks, do you love movies? Do you spend your days thinking about how much you love to watch them? The good ones, even the bad ones, everyone told you not to like? I do. It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts celebrating the cinematic achievement that is the 2001 classic Josie and the Pussycats, to comfy sweatshirts that serve as a call to arms for all those in support of making Judy Greer America's lead. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and to filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks, and they ship with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. That's S-U-P-E-R-Y-A-K-I.com. Let's watch more movies. And of course, a special discount code for all of our listeners. Use Disaster Diva, all caps, no spaces, Disaster Diva at checkout to get a discount on your purchase of such fabulous shirts as everything that debuted for Fraser February. Yep. Fraser yeah. February and March. I truly hope uh, mm-hmm. Subriaki does more of the airbrush style tees. Oh, that was great. Yeah. I loved that. I would I would personally like to see some more airbrush tee style celebrations. I, I almost got the camping mugs. I thought those were really cool. <laughs> does every guest get to witness the ad reads or is that a special treat for me? That is our routine. We have yeah. the routine built in. Okay, so I have to say that was a really nice, like, smooth two-person ad We're, read. You know, yeah. you guys, you We're the professionals. We got the We're handoff down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the handoff is smooth right now. You, you guys are like a, a quality relay team. The passing <laughs> of the baton. <laughs> There's no hiccup there. No, nope, <laughs> just hand goes out. Don't even have to look. That's right. Just a blind pass. It's perfect. That. That's great stuff. <laughs> in stride. Um, a dime in stride. <laughs> so then we bro- arrive at the, you know, poignant and crucial mm. uh, portion of the show of what would this, what was this movie really about? And I think I'm going to go first on this one because I really it. got to thinking about it from you asking earlier, Matt, sort of like about like us talking about like the through lines of the movies we've, we've watched. I think this movie is about... Um, humanity's uh problem with a, a sort of 
you know, people in power and sort of structures that just continue on autopilot without like innovation because they work for enough people that they don't need to work for everybody. We don't need to, you know, to innovate a human lack of imagination. I think this movie is indicative of humanity's struggle with the lack of imagination to, um, not just like plan for the worst abstractly, but like to proactively address things before they spin out of control where we see, you know, George starts getting bigger and it is human hubris that puts him in cages that are continuously too small and under fortified and with no surrounding security to even like attempt to quell him, even though they're all incapable of doing so because he has genetically enhanced the point of being uncontainable. There is a, there is the hubris that contributes to a lack of imagination around how they could possibly quell these beasts because we just our brains just like they just stop they they they, they don't they do not allow us to uh often enough i feel like at least at a scale enough to make sure these solutions arise before problems spin out of control certainly that's certain people their entire jobs are devoted to that kind of imaginative thinking but i think that this movie is a testament to like not having enough capacity to dream up the ways things could go as wrong as they they very possibly well could so we just don't have solutions in place to accommodate when they sometimes do. Now, and is that a failure of imagination or is it more of a failure of, as you sort of said, hubris, that it's not that we can't imagine th the thing that might happen if it were mm -hmm. to go incredibly wrong. It's that we can't believe we would screw it up that badly in the first place. I think that's part of it. And what I will say about the imagination specifically is that it's kind of like getting back to like, because they could, they didn't stop to think if they should sort of situation, like with Silicon Valley and sort of, you know, thinking of like the proliferation of Facebook and, and the way um, suddenly we have all these things embedded in our lives that are embedded in our sort of privacy structures that make anonymity and privacy, unless you like deliberately construct your life to keep those things in place. They, they, they are sort of obsolete at this point. Bye -bye. Yeah. And it seems like there is, there is the, there is hubris involved in making something like that to, to think that it could be controllable once it reaches scale. Right. Um, but I think also too, at the outset, when we, when we create, when we have sort of technological breakthroughs, a lot of the time, particularly in like pedestrian zones, like mm -hmm. I think military place, I think in a military context, it's, a, it's, it's, it's more hubris. cynical. Yeah. yeah. It's more of a hubris. Like, well, no, we can keep this under control and like, we can deal with this, but with like civilian inventors who are just like making shit that end that breaks out and ends up in the hands of like a majority of Americans or millions of Americans. I think there is a failure of a male imagination at the outset of what these things could become. And so therefore when they reach scale, it's uncontrollable. It's like, Oh, well, we didn't think that like, God, nobody ever, when we were like ginning up Facebook and like things were picking up steam, maybe never had that conversation about how this could be used for vast motor mass voter manipulation kind of situation. And maybe those conversations were had and they were just kept secret. But I think often it is the case of like, well, this is good for us. So like, why do we need to sit around and brainstorm about the way that this could be used for bad? Like it's working for me, isn't it? So I don't really need to think to that next logical conclusion of where this is not working for a fucking lot of other people who come in contact with it. Yeah, I think that probably speaks to a uh, less caring mm -hmm. universe that existed yeah. uh, mm -hmm. uh, as well. Yes. So that's that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to a testament to our failure to imagine uh, how things could possibly go so wrong. And then, of course, we don't listen when people tell us anyway, e.g. climate catastrophe. But yeah. Yeah. Kolsky, what do you think? Well, I mean, for me, 
this movie fundamentally is about the love between Davis and George. Totally. Because yeah, totally. when you look at this, like it's reinforced that Davis, the rocks character is not a people person. So mm-hmm. none of this is about, which is very funny that they do keep overtly asserting throughout the movie. You're not a people person. I'm not a people. He's not a people right. person. It's like, he's quite charming. Like this isn't like, this isn't, this isn't putting Jesse Eisenberg in a role and telling him he's not a people person over and over again. This is right. the rock. It was like, but it's also, maybe if you tell me enough times, I'll start to think it's true. I, I do think though, when they say it to the rock, what they mean is you love animals. Yes. Really, at yes. the end of the day, he does prefer animals to people. Certainly. And like, he'd like to just sort of drive out to his cottage and hang with his dogs or what have <clears> you. <throat> so to me, like he's not in this to avert disaster True. or to like save the city or, you know, those things are nice. He's obviously a, yeah. a, a decorated military guy, so I'm sure he cares about the world to some degree. But mm-hmm. really what this is about is saving his friend. It is. And making sure that his friend comes out of this okay. Like, he cares way more about the antidote than he does about the buildings. There's a point where they're flying over this, you know, in-progress massacre. Because, by the way, yeah. we haven't mentioned, but the headcount here is very high. Like oh, the, yeah. the, the, you know, the butcher's uh, bill is big on this one. It's huge. So they're flying into like, we better kill one of these things in our helicopter to save these people from disaster. And then the, the lizard bites a plane and the rock is like, nah, man, forget those people. Let's go, <laughs> yeah. let's go get the antidote. Right. Yeah. Like he's yeah. here to save George. It's true. And to, yeah. So that he and George can have one more good fist pound before this <laughs> yeah. thing ends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they do. And that's beautiful. And I, I think for me, that's what this was really about. I love that. Yes. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. That is, of course, what it's about. Yeah. Amanda, what so, route are you taking it? I'm kind of on the opposite end of what you think it is. So you you think they choose not that they that they kind of don't think of it. Mm, I think okay. this is a movie about why um, private, why private entrepreneurial billionaires mm. should not be given carte blanche to um, do science. Yes. And why right. that is so destructive. Because like I said, um, you know, the space station exploding and the woman's life being held hostage unless she brings back the materials mm-hmm. and brings back the experiment is just the start of an entire yeah. movie that basically the premise is, yeah, I know this is going really bad, but we've put a lot of money into R&D. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So here's a moment I wrote yeah. down yeah. that that is exactly that. There's <laughs> There's a moment where like, you know, it keeps getting worse and worse for mm-hmm. them, as you mentioned. And there's a moment where the wolf is literally rampaging to the point where it's murdered her entire crew of mercenaries that she sent after it. And it's now marauding the, the countryside. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the giant gorilla is in the hands of an unknown government agency. And Malin Ackerman never flinches in her pursuit for money and explains no. how, don't worry, we'll just turn on this giant radar apparatus. And when they get here, we're going to still, we're going to get the money. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think this is absolutely like a very good example of how when we decide that we're going to, that when we decide that the best option is to for, you know, the government and for research to partner with, um, brazen capitalists mm-hmm. it just ends up everyone ends up losing and you end up with a situation like say you know 
Elon Musk proposing a hyperloop, which is going to be extremely expensive and absolutely serve no purpose in downtown LA, except mm-hmm. to, you know, move a bunch of people out of their homes. Like, <laughs> It, all Maybe that's, that's secretly it was a government plot right, to displace right. people. It was yeah. the government yeah. all along. Conspiracy. So, and that's I mean, so that's sort of my thing is that like I think that these that the animals become a very good representation of how the private pursuit of science and the kind of monetization of and sort of the the exporting of scientific development from within government and research facilities out to the sort of private sector and these extremely, extremely privileged billionaires leads to the destruction of, you know, most of average humanity. Like it just leads to the destruction of downtown and no one learns their lesson, you know? It's a real catch 22 though, because the government screws these things up all the time too, you know? Absolutely. But I think that this is definitely an example of a a certain brand of, you know, a, a certain brand of science capitalism that we've seen embodied really well here. Um, in the, in the form of specifically like a few, this felt very, I was like, this could just hundred percent be any number of Silicon Valley douchebags who are like, we're going to, we're going to disrupt they genetics. Are pretty interchangeable. Yeah. There are, there's some people you can very easily draw into those characters and it, the fit is, is nice yeah. and tight, like a glove. It works real well that any of them would be like, no, 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 but this is, we're going to work. And they'd be like, it's definitely to help stop cancer. But in truth, yeah. they're like, but it's actually. Yeah. The whole story Naomi Harris tells. Like, yeah. I started to realize that every cancer advancement I made was being turned into a weapon. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, no shit. That sounds familiar. Yeah. 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 I mean, Jordan, like the one thing was you and I were arguing last night, not to bring up the the argument about- I have intentionally not, not mentioned Indominus We're not Rex. bringing up Indominus Rex, but the thing I will not, dis- I will never argue with you about is the idea that if Jeff Bezos could staff an entire, could like basically, you know, I'm sorry to bother, sorry to bother yeah. you, um, staff horse, an entire man facility with like man. a horseman right. workfor- workforce, they, yeah. he would. Yeah. So no doubts in my mind that like this, what this is, is a very good example of like- the craven links that capitalism will go to. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. we've identified the three main themes of this. I film. think so. Yeah. 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 Like and then the reason it works is because the heart of the rock yeah. beats so strongly in it. That's right. That the mm-hmm. warmth, the core warmth keeps us, keeps us connected. It's yeah. so funny. He was a heel for a lot of his yeah. wrestling yeah. career because yes. he does feel like the ultimate good guy, doesn't he? Yes, oh, uh, he does. Oh God. And like, he was, he was a bad guy yeah. at my like zenith of watching the WWE and God, I fucking hated that. Guy. <laughs> yeah. There was nobody more watchable, but yeah. oh, I wanted to see him go down because that's every like, week that intercontinental always... champion bitch. The heels are always the most interesting characters in wrestling, though. That's the whole thing. Yeah. No, that's, it's true. I like, mean, heels are always as if Goldberg is pretty fucking cool forever. And he okay, was- so before we get into wrestling, which <laughs> it's, it's already apparent that Jordan knows more about than I ever have, um, <laughs> can I give you my '90s recast of this? Yeah, because yeah, it's gonna be fantasy cast. I'm ready let's to do it. it. I think the weird, uh, you know, the weirdness of the central character is a good jumping off point for the way I did it. Because I, to me, and I didn't ask this, do you consider disaster movies to be like a subset, like a overlapping Venn diagram with action movies? Um, Is that just like an overlapping Venn diagram? I think that's a lot of disaster movies have action in them, but I would put them distinct from an action movie. And I would consider them, I would consider them Venn diagram. 
Yeah, I think yeah. They, I think because this is both, right? But, yeah, I mean, yeah, it feels like a cross section both. of like multiple genres. Like, yeah, I feel like yeah. disaster this movies is definitely can kind both. of yeah stretch yeah. stretch a few like action as well as a couple of other right. Genres. Yeah. Okay, so I definitely thought of this in the '90s action mode mm-hmm. when I did this fantasy recast, and so I put Nick Cage in the lead role. Now. That- would be zany. Okay. I, I have yeah. to apo- I have to cool. apologize to some degree. This becomes a much wider movie, but again, '90s recasting. Yeah, like, I I sort of stayed true to form here, and I I did make a side note that like Don Cheadle and Cuba Gooding Jr. would have been cast as like members of the uh, mercenary squad who died. You know, yeah, sure. okay. yeah, like that would have been the '90s. Um, and I did I did keep the black female lead. I went Halle Berry there. Because that also felt very 90s. Like Nick Cage as the wacky former military current uh, peace and love and gorillas guy. I mean, this is Con Air style. This would be Con Air era. So Exactly. Con Air, The Rock, like this is very much in that school. No, I'm I'm on board with Nick Nick Cage and then Halle Berry, like giving him eyes the whole time. I'm in for this. (laughs) Okay. And then uh, quickly, because like I said, I went very deep here. I put um, Alicia Silverstone and Chris O'Donnell as the two like students in the first I love it. I love it. And then I I gave his- That girl and Robin? Yes, exactly. I've had a nice tie in there, but also just like- it, minus the famous father, there was a time when Chris O'Donnell was like a young uh, Jack Quaid. You know, oh, yeah, I mean? he was, was like and he the, was it. Like what yeah. a heartthrob. And I don't know the woman, but Alicia Silverstone made sense to me there. Oh, mm-hmm. and by the way, initially I had Kim Basinger in the opening scene. Whoa. Okay. As we that had been our post Batman. Yeah. So it was probably too big. So as we had our conversation, and I realized how much the character in the opening scene meant to you, I've recast that as Clea Duvall. For that period of time, I actually think that's like that, cause that would be like around the faculty. That's kind that's of exactly right. the yeah. size. Yeah. Cause she's like a cult star. Yeah. And, and you love her specifically you Jordan love her in yeah. that <laughs> moment. Um, but she's not like, it's not like you killed Kim Basinger. Um, right. <laughs> Which so means, yeah. I gave the nerd sidekick guy to Jeremy Piven. Okay. Yeah, in the oh yeah. Jesus, in the nineties, yeah, in the nineties, oh, God, yeah. Um, and then, uh, okay, so Jeffrey Dean Morgan is Tommy Lee Jones. Okay, perfect. Because yes. you need a cowboy fed, but he also has that to be would... able to sell like a sweetheart thing at the yeah. end of it. Yeah, know? very Tommy U.S. Jones, Marshals. Yeah. Very I, I, I will never, I will never object to Tommy Lee Jones as an authority figure. That just like <laughs> yeah. that just works. Okay. Yeah, I've got Robert Patrick as the general of the Ooh, who, like that okay. comes in to lead the military. Yeah. 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 Um. I have recast Malin Ackerman and Jake Lacey. Now, keep in mind, like, these are wacky castings today, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've recast them with Uma Thurman and Keanu Reeves. <laughs> sure. I right, can still is, again, create... This is, like, this is like truth about cats and dogs era yeah. Uma. This is yeah, like years out here. Yeah. But what's interesting, right, is, like, in, in 15, 20 years maybe we'll be looking back like that was really a sign that Malin Ackerman was going to do some weird different stuff, right? Yeah, I would love Like that. Malin Ackerman is kind of the truth about cats and dogs, Uma Thurman, isn't she? She's not not. Yeah, yeah she's right she's now. Not, she's not. further in, in, in her career. Way, in the same way that Uma Thurman got cast be, to be just be like a beautiful woman in truth yes. about cats right. and dogs. Um, yeah, Malin, Malin Ackerman, Ackerman has like a sex island or whatever that was. You know what I'm talking about? Right. <laughs> yeah. Wait, the one with Vin, did she, was that with Vince Vaughn? 
Owen yeah. Wilson, maybe. Owen Wilson, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, those guys are a little interchangeable in my head right <laughs> yeah. now. But you know, she's had she's done that like the blonde in the goofy comedy or the rom com. Like she's done that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. She's also done more probably than Uma in '95. But whatever. Pulp Fiction had come out at that point, right? Um, yeah. So Uma Thurman and and Keanu is not exactly the same sort of bizarre casting as Jake Lacey, but I feel like it's in the same zone that like, he doesn't belong here. No, that would, that would be to see, that would be to see Ted Theodore Logan in that yeah. role at that point. Well, speed, so yeah. Right. He just done speed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's not the same weird casting, but it, it he feels equally out of place to Jake Lacey. Yeah. To oh, me. It's definitely yeah. weird casting in the way that it would need to be. And then this is, this I feel to be my, coup de grace of my <laughs> fantasy cast. Uh, Manginello is replaced by Howie Long. <laughs> Great. This is like yeah. Broken Arrow yeah. era yeah. Howie Long. Wow. And I just like, I, cause I was thinking like, who was really like that big with the, the jaw? Uh-huh, yeah. And it's Howie Long. Yeah. Yeah, man. With a scar, he's got a big scar like- uh, If I went 90s, know. if I went 90s Joe, I'd go Dolph Lundgren. That's pretty good. That that would have been just yeah. as good. Yeah, for sure. But that flat top. The flat on top. Howie, they both, and and look, Lundgren could go flat top too, right? Like they're the same physical presence in a lot of ways, right? Yeah, yeah. The Soviet, this the Soviet version. Uh huh. Yeah, that's totally it. No, I yep. like how wacky all that is. Yeah. I like okay. how wacky all that. That is. definitely feels like the kind of casting decisions that would have been made in 1996. So I'm, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If John Woo directs this, that's the cast. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. If John Woo directs this, that gorilla is going to end up shooting a gun. It's going to no. Crazy. That's true. <laughs> that, that, gorilla, that gorilla. That gorilla was going to pick up the helicopter and hold it like a machine gun while the rock fires. Oh so- <laughs> man, you've had so many really great ideas for like the alternate timeline version of, of Rampage. I mean, Amanda's, is, Amanda writer, is a disaster. Man. Amanda's a disaster movie, um, like idea machine. So. There it is. Yeah. yeah, for yeah. Sure. Like this is that's this incredible. Is- that I can picture that. <laughs> and it's it's a hundred percent in a John Woo movie, and it's beautiful, man. Yeah, and you've got like the rock in the Han Solo cockpit, like screaming, and uh-huh. the gorilla also screaming while holding and aiming. The gorilla also yes. screaming. Yeah, 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 like mouths agape, mirroring mm-hmm. each other. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's that's a that's a beautiful scene in like action disaster history. If it had mm-hmm. ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda, have, what what do you have? You know what? I'm gonna let it ride. Like I, <laughs> I genuinely, I did briefly consider like, do I want to recast this as a seventies or eighties movie? But it's, I can't, I can't. It's such a great cast. It's such a surprising cast in so many yeah. ways mm-hmm. that I didn't, anything I was going to cast would have just been an imitation of what they did. So well, and like, honestly, and that's why like, like Matt, yours went in such a different direction. I loved that because like Nick Cage is about as far from the rock as you right. can get. That is really, if funny. I hadn't hit on Nick Cage, I wouldn't yeah. have been able to do this because my first thought <laughs> yeah. was like, it's the rock. How can I, yeah. what can I possibly do? Like any other normal action star is just going to be a pale imitation of the rock in this scenario. Yeah. But Nick Cage would do, would do a different thing. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> There would be absolutely no crossover in yeah. acting choices between Nick Cage and The Rock at all. I think that's a great choice. Um, uh, so yeah, no, I'm I'm letting it ride. I I I will be a producer on Matt's '90s version. Oh, uh, I am so honored. <laughs> I am honored, and we're totally going with that helicopter idea that you just had. Thank you. 
Jordan, yeah, co-writer and producer Amanda yeah. Smith. Thank you. Very I, much. <laughs> hire me to punch up your your disaster movies because I promise whatever disaster you've thought of, I can make it worse. That's that's almost <laughs> that's my skill. Certainly true. Well, yeah. I mean, you're a scholar of the form at this point. I I'd <sighs> like to think I am. I, I like to think I'm a disaster movieologist. It all comes back to the Jewish thing we mentioned earlier. Well, there is, <laughs> disaster. There is, we've we've thought we've, of the worst version. I promise. You yeah. should probably be on ologies to talk about disaster movies. If Ali Ward ever wanted us either of us to be on ologies, I would cry. I uh I will cravenly tag her when we post this and all say. Right. You should have uh-huh. Amanda on ologies. I just, I just, just to be... do my part, just to do Thank my you. part. Just 20, 2021, we're living our dreams. Yeah, really fries my legs. <laughs> I mean, I love that. Thank you, Allie Ward and Allie Ward's dad for fries my legs as a expression. I think of incredulity of uh, of of just being out of sorts about something. I feel like it's I, it's it's a it's cousin a, of chaps my ass. I was right? gonna say, that's, yeah, it's it's definitely the dad PG totally. version of it. Fries my ass, which yeah. is a phrase <laughs> really but, chaps my ass. Yeah, but or fries my ass, but instead of fries his legs. I love so, it. <laughs> this is completely uh, tangential, but. Um, it's you know there are always those things you don't totally put together um until you're older and somehow the phrases screw the pooch and fuck the dog were totally <laughs> distinct to me sure that until, makes sense yeah until one day literally like a year ago i'm 39 <laughs> years old uh <laughs> until one day about 38 years old when i was like holy shit the screw the pooch is fuck the dog man <laughs> This what, whole time. Now, in what context would you use? Because I feel like I know where "screw the pooch" goes, but where? Oh, would it's you, exactly the same. But it, so it means you would the use the same exact thing. But would you would you would you use them differently before that realization? What no, would be a I, I use, guys. I, this is the whole point. I use them guys, interchangeably. Do we just lose? No, I'm just. I love you both, but this has nothing to do with disaster movies, and we're at two hours. Oh, you're right. Yeah, we should stop. Fair. If someone okay, says anyway. fuck the dog to me, I'm not I'm not taking that the same way that I take screw the pooch. I'm just Yeah, no, that. I would I would You're definitely right. be like, oh. It feels like a, a fuck up as opposed to like a uh, uh an oopsie, you know? It, it feels That's it feels difference. like something like military people would say about That's something right. like very severely. It's gone a little wrong. it's a little more visceral, one might argue. Yeah, mm. it really is. Mm. Um Jordan, do you have any fantasy casting just to get us back to the away from etymology of <laughs> uh-huh. etymology of, of weird cursing? Yeah. Yeah, I am um I have, I'm wondering if I, cause like, I like it so much as it is. And I like, don't want to take any of these people out of this movie. But at the same time, I also do like, like I, like I, my only alternative for it would be to make it just like super gay. And so <laughs> like the rocks character becomes Mackenzie Davis and uh, Naomi Harris's character becomes Tessa Thompson and mm. the like the 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 heads running the corporation it's not relatives anymore it's definitely like psychosexual power bottom crazy dom top dynamic between like Tandy Newton and Abby Lee uh-huh. okay. and they're like psycho capitalists I and think we can do better than Mackenzie Davis. I think you I... just ruined your friendship with Jordan. <laughs> no, 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 no. Abide that phrase. I don't. You're right. That was poorly put. I, I don't think abide Mackenzie, that phrase. I don't think Mackenzie Davis is the right choice for this. She is a. I think Terminator Dark Fate proves you entirely wrong. I I watched that movie and I thought she was great, but she's like a dark, complicated action hero, not a 
like shining ray of light and positive. There's she's too complicated for this. On this podcast, <laughs> can I can I make can a be- saying we can do better than Mackenzie Davis on this podcast is like <laughs> yelling fire in a movie theater. Yeah, but Carter, uh, Jordan, I actually can I make an amendment here and and also make an alternate suggestion for who would be a better option maybe than Mackenzie Davis? I mean, you can try. Michelle Rodriguez. There no. you go. That's yeah, more, no, that, no. That, that's uh, that's no, not she's right not, either. No, she's not your lead primatologist. She's maybe your Naomi. She's not no. your lead primatologist. She's it's more like J- the Joe Manganiello role. But right, I, I, like yeah, okay. You know what? You're right. Fine. Like she can be. Yeah, she can be that. She can be that. But she's not going to be your center of gravity in that. No, way. like here's the thing. In a weird way, and this isn't right either. But personality. I, I'm looking more for like a. Reese Witherspoon than a than a Mackenzie Davis as but I told you I'm making this really lesbian right if, so she's not right but there are but there are like lesbians what if it's just who the rock and nothing and but lesbians around him that's true. maybe that's <laughs> maybe the solution is the rock and then all women maybe that's right I mean I, and I do actually no, think I think because Mackenzie the rock Davis doesn't have sexual chemistry with any of them and the right. point is that all of these like this is a cast makeup of various women who you would ship with one another the in like a to make it okay, so Jordan, of L word the you chart. You just want to I mean, mash the Barbies' faces together. I mean, <laughs> it's a lesbian nightmare, is what it is. Like again, because we have like we're taking we're we're going away from the energy of frivolity when I say Tandy Newton and Abby Lee also, as like, like psychosexual, terrifying co CEOs of a company. And I think an important aspect of this is that like Jordan's brand is not a put on. It's yeah. who she is. So yeah. this is how she thinks. Um, yeah, that's true. yeah, this is how this is this is how the neurons fire. Like, that's yes, true. this is the brand, but it's not what comes out because she's trying to stay true to the brand. It's because the brand is her. <laughs> so here we are. It's, it's true. It's, authentic. um, it's authenticity. Really. I still think there's like a brighter spirit for the central <laughs> role than Mackenzie Davis. Uh, I, I, think I just my haven't thought of who it is. is. I think. I think you're. I think you are. You are underselling the range of McKenzie maybe. Yeah. Maybe her in the I, Martian I, is pretty sunshiny. Her in her in the Happiest okay. Season is not is not not like w- of the ilk of what we're talking about here. The like I hated that character eyes. so much. Oh, she made me I, so angry. She made right. me so angry, but that's for a different conversation. Different conversation. Leave yeah. her behind, guys, Kristen Stewart. Guys, You're better than this. Guys, I love Harper. I love Harper. I am begging um, you all, please. Just I just said, hey, I just said we're not going to. Yeah. That's for a different conversation. I understand. Um, uh, yeah. To be fair, you guys invited the wrong guest for a linear conversation. Yeah. But, no, it's uh, true. I, I, I yes. I have nothing. I have nothing more to add. Is what I was oh, going right. to say. So, say like, how many so that, towering infernos? Are yeah, we I was going to say that takes us into towering infernos. Then, so what do you got, Matt? Is out of five, correct? Yes, correct. Yeah. And you can give it yeah. fractions of a building. Yes. Yeah. So to me, it's it's four and a half. Um, Excellent. Because Excellent. I, it, it's not that I can't imagine like a more perfect version. To me, like the full five mm-hmm. is like I cannot imagine a more perfect version of this film. Right. But I have to say, like. This is for me elite disaster film, elite action film because mm-hmm. not only is it wildly entertaining, it totally gets itself and, and knows what it's doing. Mm-hmm. The acting is largely tremendous. Um, but Amanda mentioned this earlier: a tight, like hundred minutes or yeah. so of of legit action, and the entire second half of the movie is an extended action sequence. Like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is why we're here. Mm-hmm. Give it to me. Give it all to me. Put it in my veins. And then I, when it's over, I can move on and do whatever the hell else I need to do. And I didn't waste <laughs> three hours of my time, you know? Yep. 
I think it is absolutely um, one of the stronger video game adaptations uh, yeah. in, a, in an arc, in a subsection of movies that can go so wrong so, so badly. And I don't count movies like Super Mario Brothers as bad adaptations or the original combat or, or even Street Fighter. I think those movies do actually exactly what they set out to do and their lovable weirdness is part of why I think they, they succeed. As far as like a present day action movie, a video game adaptation movie, which either tends to like do too much and try and be prestige or just doesn't, just doesn't commit to silliness enough. I actually think this hits that sweet spot. For me, this is a solid four. And I I I feel like it drop like it drops me a little bit in like the how long the the final essentially kaiju battle is. It's but like it, otherwise, 40 minutes. Yeah. So otherwise long. is tight. Otherwise I love how much I love how much it leans into the cornucopia of what this movie is, how everybody is kind of somebody and yet not. I, I it's it's a it's I think it holds up. I think it's better now than it was when it came out in 2015 with distance to appreciate it more. So I'm giving Rampage a four towering inferno. I I almost want to give it a five um, because I'd never seen it before and I was not expecting to love it as much as I did. Yeah. I had not seen it. was my first watch as well. Yeah. I, I mean, and it's, it's definitely one that I can go back and rewatch again. It's a, it's low investment in terms of time. And knowing now that George doesn't die, I can, because like That's I, those point. first 10 minutes when George is in, is scared, like signing that he's scared. Yeah. Because, in the he's in the grizzly enclosure and he's yeah. freaked out about what's happening to his body and the rock is like i know you're scared buddy i know you're scared i'm like i i would watch an entire movie that is just the rock hanging out with george like yeah. I, wanna, <laughs> I there is not enough sweet george like i want george i want to just hang out with george for a day mm. so i was really worried we were gonna that george was gonna die by the end of it and it was gonna yeah. be heartbreaking um you're gonna love that, my sequel idea. Oh my god! <laughs> knowing now that he makes it, I'm like, I I could watch this movie regularly. So great! I, I'm gonna go four and a half. Just all right. Can't quite bring it to a five. Just love can't it. Do it. But it's so. I dangerous. love how well this movie did. I I like I said, I felt like I picked it for good reasons, but it definitely <laughs> exceeded my expectations. So absolutely I'm thrilled with exceeded that. expectations. And and I like to me, there's ripe sequel territory here, right? Because all you do. I would gladly turn, go back to this world. Yeah, and now The Rock, George, and Naomi Harris are like a, they're the ones you call now when science shits the bed, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They are the other government agency now. Yes, yeah. so you can, and you can do a whole series of movies where like lovable The Rock and George with their trusty sidekicks, Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Naomi <laughs> Harris, go and like save, uh, fix disasters around the <clears throat> world. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God, I would love that. I, I'm yeah, and then we get lots of sweet, funny George, right? I mean, I, then, yeah. then it's the buddy cop sort of thing we're looking for. Sweet, Sha funny George. Hobbs, Sean, George, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, that's completely what it is. All right, so Matt, Thank you so much for Thank joining us. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys. And I hope uh, I hope you don't have to spend too much time editing out the tangents. Uh, <laughs> I, I, had, I had so much fun. Thank you guys. Thank, yeah, Matt Kolsky, where can the people find you? What do you want to promote about yourself? Yes. What do you tell uh, us? Like I said, I don't even know why I mentioned the radio show. Like that's, uh, who cares? You can listen <laughs> to that. But more importantly, uh, the Toy Department is my podcast with my dear friend Derek Madden, and it's it's just like a less focused version of this. It's just two dudes <laughs> talking about pop culture stuff, uh, sort of whatever we pick each right. week. Mm -hmm. um, movies, music, TV, a lot of TV, because that's most of content these days. Right. Uh, yeah. Please find us, download us uh, on the internet. We're on all the places and also <laughs> at thetoydepartment.com. 
and I am at the Kolsky K O L S K Y on the Twitter. And uh, yeah, find me like tweet debating random things with yes. Jordan and Amanda most of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, generally from like Join a us. reclined position on my couch when I'm supposed to be doing something more important. Uh, <laughs> hey, Matt, when he's pay not attention gardening. to your child, says When he's my not wife, gardening. You know? Oh, and gardening. Yes, I. Uh, we just planted, just today, have, have a new little indoor herb garden where we've planted some <laughs> chives and basil and yes. uh, what was the other one? Dill, a bit of dill. A bit Lovely. of dill as well. Yeah. Fantastic. Yes. Thank you, guys. This has been a pleasure. Yes, Thanks, thank Matt. you very much, Matt. So, Jordan, next week, yeah, we have yet another guest, correct? For Kanzilla yes, we Ma- do. Yes, we for this is this is really very another very exciting guest. Uh, continuing Kongzilla month for Kong Skull Island, we will have Shay Serrano. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Guys, yeah. I can't tell you as sorry to jump back in when I was supposed to be gone. As honored <laughs> as I am to be on this podcast, independent of anything. <laughs> To be sandwiched in a month that includes Van Lathan and Shea Serrano really yeah. makes yeah. me feel more important than I am. You're, <laughs> you're really the filling in the sandwich. I thank you for that. It, uh, I am. I could not. Uh, that that's as much of an honor as I think I've ever received in my <laughs> career of being uh, talking on the internet. That is the lineup. That yeah. is the lineup. This is. I'm so. I'm so excited to talk about action movie special with action movie specialist uh, Shea Serrano about this. Yeah, so that'll that'll be next week, and that's exciting. Kong Skull Island is rentable on all the services, and it's available on HBO Max. Yes! Yes, so you can find it there as well. So, Jordan, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jorcru, J-O-R-C-R-U. And I hope as of your hearing this, Promising Young Women will have been nominated for many Academy Awards. Oh, yeah. And you can also check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash Cruciola and see more bits and bobs. Oh, yeah. All right. And uh, Jason, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jason Halftones, where I'm, you know, doing the use with comics and freaking podcasts and whatnot. Uh, you can find other great podcasts at thatmightbecool.com. Uh, I don't know. That's it. Okay. And then you can find me. I'm Amanda R. Tubbs, and that's Tubbs with two Bs. Two Bs. Two Bs. And uh, you can find the podcast for disaster underscore pod on Twitter. You can and should rate and review us, please. It's super helpful to us. And we love getting your reviews. They're always very heartwarming. Um, And we're disastergirlspod at gmail.com. I think we might have had a new review in the last week, but we just don't have time this week. We'll do it next week. Yeah, right. We'll do it another time. And uh, we'll see you all back next week, guys, for Kong Skull Island. Yes. Brie Larson. That might be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>